11 o'clock comics episode 184 you got it right i caught this just the right way hookers my boy. Every time Vince tries to say something, like, just I just want okay. to hurt you. Yeah, remember, I'm in the control booth. You do not have fucking. I think I do. I can cut you off. Vince has notes every week. I do. No, I love notes. They direct you. They guide you. Yes, they do. They make for some. Flat ass boring shit. Oh wow! Oh my god! It's you not guys like are odd. Magazine style episode. I I take the the uh, credo of the boys' problem. Yes, sir. That's what it rolled. You never tell. Did I tell you guys that I'm going to play my fucking? What's that? Like but you tell me. Yeah. At least he answers you on Twitter. I, uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, play-by-play for our, uh, for Colin's, uh, football team now. Oh, you mean you're in the booth? Yeah, yeah, we're in the booth. That's awesome. That's sexy, too. My daddy's in the booth. It's amazing. The kids love the play-by-play. They love, I took it over last week, uh, two, well, two weeks ago, um, as a, like, as an emergency fill-in, and then they asked me if I could do it every week, so. But, uh, I gave all the kids nicknames, so I said that. So they were oh, giddy. They were all so absolutely giddy right now. You know what you got to do? You, if somebody makes a touchdown, you got to say, for reals. You got to bring, bring the street. Bring the street into it. Well, after the eight-year-old and nine-year-old cheerleaders did their halftime show, mm. I said, if you were just shaking your groove thing like I was, I don't know if it was Snapchat. Nice. like, what did he just say? That's awesome. That's hilarious. I think really you're the nice. best dad ever. It's fun. It's fun. Are you Actually, uh, the, the dad that that was doing it, who was awesome at it? Like had a bit of a hissy fit because he thinks his son isn't playing enough, so he like bounced. So oh. I'm out. Yeah. Damn. Uh, are you uh, speaking of football? Are you going? Uh, are you going next Sunday? Um, I'm supposed to go, but I may not go because of the state play-by-play thing. Oh, you I are have awesome, to. Jason. Yeah. So we'll have to see. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, but Jason. I was planning on it. We'll see. Bears. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yay. Here we go. The Bears. All right. So, hey, it's 11 o'clock comics once again. It is. It is. And I am the con crud free Vince B. It's not unlike, fucking con crud. Unlike I other people. Somewhere, <laughs> cut this somewhere else. The con my, crud. My There's con been a breach in the plastic bubble. <laughs> for New York was foolproof. I was healthy when I came back. I was healthy for a week after I came back. <laughs> nah. I got sick. I went to South Bend, is what it is. I went to yeah. South Bend and got sick. You got the latent strain of the contract. I got it. It's, it's you know gold, it I have golden shirt. dome flu, is what Touch, it is. Touchdown Jesus spit on you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he whistled through the hole in his hand. <laughs> some, some, some hooker from West Sea. It was uh, in South Bend. <laughs> I think Ron Paulus peed on you. Oh, boy. God. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm Christopher Neesman, and I am uh, bringing the uh, the James Earl Jones uh, very white white boy impersonation tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I'm David Price. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. 
Well, you but just you added did. Something. Yeah. Did. Uh, and of course, I'm tiny, but I pack a powerful punch. I am acro year. Oh my god. Oh, you could be a crow year. Yeah, I was just gonna say. <laughs> a crow year? No, it's acro year. No, it's not. It's a crow year. But really? that's okay yeah. because we love you. Wait a minute! For that's the first time ever, Vince corrected me. Up, so. Yeah, it is. It's a crow year. Are you what, sure? What are you guys talking about? Micronauts, oh, dude. Micronauts, dude. Wait, oh. how do you know it's a Croyer? Because I've been a, uh, I've been a fan of the Micronauts for like ever, and I think yeah, on you, the commercial. You, you read X-Men forever, and you thought it was Mag- Magneto. So. <laughs> well, that's because it is Magneto. <laughs> I thought you were too sick to laugh, Naisman. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Let's so redo good. that. I'm right, small, no. but I packed a big punch. I'm a Croyer. No, you're not a Croyer. You are not. You're... you're <laughs> You're Jason Wood, everybody. You are of normal size, thank goodness. Maybe I'm Arcturus Ron. Nice. And Vince can be marionette because he's got the uh, the thigh highs. As long as you could be Fireflight, sexy. Sure, baby. Oh, very uncomfortable. It's eleven o'clock. <laughs> comics brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, Mister and Mrs. Comic Book Buyer, can get your books a hell of a lot cheaper than you can get them at the normal comic book stores. Why? Because they give you discounts of thirty-five to seventy-five percent off your favorite funny books and collectibles. Get this. Um, I don't even know if this is good because the book shipped today, but I'm just going to give you an example of what you can get at DCBS. All 52 issues of the the fourth uh, version of the new 52 would have cost you $159.49. At DCBS, you would only pay $79.74. That's very affordable. You can read everything this way. Okay? Uh, Kirkman and Liefeld's Infinite Trade Paperback, Volume 1. The cover price is a very reasonable $10. Even if you paid full price, it would be worth it. But at this DCBS, you're going to get it for $4.99. Unheard nice. of, mm-hmm. and and other things. So Can you uh, say check, that again. I didn't hear it. Unheard of. Four ninety nine. Uh, discount comic book service. DCBService.com. Check them out. They're the best. They got, um, you know, we talk about all the the digital stuff. Um, check out. They they've got a deal where if you buy um, digital comics through uh, through Comicsology, that you get um, you get a, uh, an extra percentage off your DCBS uh, yeah, orders. Yeah, five percent. Five percent. Yeah, so so if you want to, you know, keep keep dip your toe in the in the the digital um, comics and and kind of play around with that, and also get some money back towards your DCBS order, you can you can do that as well, which is kind of sweet. Nice. Pretty cool deal. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's uh let's get through uh the the drink roll call here, and let's then we'll uh, then we'll have like our first like non guest non con build up wrap up four. All four of oh, us. Oh yeah. Well, see, we did that last week yeah, after you left. It's take it's taken us since like almost November to have have an episode just the four of us chilling. Just the four of us. And uh, we can uh, make it if we try. Oh, you just out- gave Alan the gushies. Yeah, oh, that's what I was trying to do. You did, Tubby. All right, Wood, why don't you give us lead us off? Well, as as you guys know, I'm uh, I'm re- I'm on remote location uh, this week, so I um I I'm in Balmore. Home of the Ravens. He's hanging with Stringer Bell. Yeah, so uh, me and Stringer uh, drinking some oldie. No, no, I'm actually drinking some Diet Dr. Pepper, unfortunately. Oh, kicking back with some crab cakes. Did you bring it with you? I did have crab cakes for dinner. Yeah, crab crab cakes. Awesome. In Baltimore and not have crab cakes. It's true. Yeah, crab cakes. Or you can go to Chicago and just get crabs. I, Jason, I had the uh, Dr. Pepper 10 the other day. The wife, wife oh my home. God, dude, you missed you missed an awesome conversation at 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 Jason's 
Kitchen Island Friday morning before we headed to the city about Dr. Pepper 10. It, it was okay. It was, I mean, yeah, it's it was a little right. strange to me, though. <laughs> like, they're marketing it to men, which would because imply that... Because women drink Diet Dr. Pepper. But that's baffling. Like, I, like clearly, that's what they're saying, but I, I've never known that to be the case. Hmm. I mean, we always like, kind of knew it, but... I, I find that I can't I'm, drink... I'm, I'm, I'm totally at peace with my masculinity. I drink the hell out of some Diet Dr. Pepper. There you go. I, I can't drink Dr. Pepper with food. Unlike, like, say, Diet Pepsi or Diet Coke, because it's the prune juice in the Dr. Pepper that just makes things taste different. Like, the drink affects the food, whereas if you drink Diet Pepsi, it don't taste like nothing. So it doesn't affect the food. You know what I mean? I don't drink soda. Why? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess what you're saying. I, I didn't know that there was prune juice in Diet Dr. Pepper. Ah, uh, must be something. It's 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 either prune it's, juice or some kind of something spins the run. No, some <laughs> kind of. I don't get. I have a cast. Well, th- this is. Fucking riveting radio. Oh. What are you drinking? But at least it's not baseball. I'm drinking Fuck. the Hurricane Malt Liquor. Line Jesus it up. Christ. The Love cane, it. Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> David, never thought I'd say this, but pick us up. I will, dude, because this, this, this is, uh, I, not having you guys around for a weekend, I had to, uh, I had to kick open the Menage a Trois and just bring back memories. Oh. You, you know what that means in French? Yeah, I, I think we all do, Vince. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm I'm sick. Um, so yeah, yeah. Oh, drinks. So I needed to uh, I needed to break out some rye whiskey so to keep the uh, keep the pipes lubed up. So uh, no, this Nothing is keeps uh, you healthy like rye. Yeah, yeah. It's um, <laughs> tasty little tasty little rye. It's a Templeton rye. Which is uh, actually a really nice rye whiskey. It's uh, I don't know if you've if you've had uh, rye whiskey before. Um, I'm a fan of bourbon. Grudgingly, this this is not as uh, as sweet as a bourbon, and ryes um, have kind of like a, a peppery taste to them. And well, they taste like rye. So um, so yeah, I've 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 become quite a fan of rye whiskey. It's not it's not it's not as uh, uh, my favorite white bourbon is, but uh, it's nice to mix it up a little bit, and it is good for a sore throat. Oh. I'm gonna have to try it with the you can make a hot toddy out of this. Nice hot toddy, nice. nice. Yeah. So what do we got? Let's do some comics. We it's been okay. a while. We have. Well, we, we do. Have, oh, 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 you go got ahead. thank yous. I got a thank you. Nice. Yes. So, Mr. Travis Fowler, known on the forums as Travis with two Z's, He's yes. awesome. Who yeah. Vince knows is pretty much the king of custom bound comic books. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I received a package in the mail from. Uh, Mr. Uh, Fowler, and it was um, a beautifully custom-bound sketchbook, and it's bound with uh, Rob Liefeld, Cable, and Deadpool. Oh wow! Oh. Uh, the, the whole series? No, no, no. It's a, it's a sketchbook. It, it, he took a like a blank, you know, a sketchbook to get stuff sketched in, oh. but he bound a new cover, a laminate cover over it, which which uh, a nice. custom. Laminate cover with uh, with uh, Leafield, Cable, and Deadpool, and then on the back a bunch of different images of uh, of Cable and Deadpool. Yeah, very cool. Very he's very cool. A, he, I really appreciate. He's it. a very his research when binding is like exhaustive. Yeah, he, it's he, he'll go through, and if some character that he's the bind that he's making appeared like in one page in some issue, <laughs> he'll bind that in the thing, and he yeah. does. No, he's he's very thorough in in when he puts books together. Very impressive. Yeah, really, really, very nice. Yeah. 
cool. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Stuff in <laughs> the mail. I know, right? Stank on you. Um, we we have Halloween coming up, right? You bet. Okay. So this, I I was recently reading. I'm I'm still reading. I'm I haven't finished the run yet, but I I dug this out of of the long boxes last week, and um. Show of hands. I don't want anybody really to call out just yet, but the uh, it's it's a uh, it's a series that ran uh, twenty four issues. Twenty four issues. The okay. uh, the the main character is a sixteen year old who goes by the name Alex Elder. <laughs> he has a friend named Joseph. Mm-hmm. His uh, Alex's mentor will say goes by the uh, goes by the name Echimus. And uh, and basically his his on again off again uh, girlfriend her name is uh, Liseth. Liseth. This this book has uh, some some um, well I guess biblical connotations because uh, this kind of a sidekick who goes by the name Saint George. Um, there's a senator involved in this story. Uh, basically everybody in the story, uh, the main characters are all vampires. None of them none of them glitter. But they, uh, it, it takes place in New York City, and um, and there's a there's a, a French woman who goes by the name Scarlet X, who initially was hunting the vampires, uh, but she ends up the 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 part where I'm up to now because I never really I, I read the first arc and never really um, continued past that even though I was still getting some of the issues. But um, it's a uh, it's it's actually about, I maybe you'd say about fifteen years old, Vince. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the the special too? Ninety-eight. I, I think there's twenty-four issues in a special. Or was yeah. there a zero issue? I have it bound. There were twenty twenty-four plus an issue. <laughs> yes, yeah. and yeah, uh, and and Jason's right. Yeah, the publication date is is, is May ninety-eight. Apparently, according to the to, to the inside cover, but uh, this is. I, I bought this. This was probably my favorite um, cliffhanger book, only because yeah. mm-hmm. Umberto Ramos and and Brian Augustine kept banging it out. I, I enjoyed Danger Girl for those three issues, and I would have <laughs> Battle Chasers if we got more than uh, wow. than than you know uh, two issues and then a reprint of those two issues. But the uh, I, I think Crimson, which is the book I'm talking about, was probably yeah, yeah. my favorite of the yeah, you're... Uh, yeah, mine too, mine too. I didn't read the whole thing, but I, I read like the first eight to ten issues, I think. Oh, I, I think it's read awesome. It. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm a little, I mean, if, if Rose the Puppet, it's it's strange to me that, that, that Rose the Puppet, who, who apparently has been around for many, many, many years before she transformed Alex, uh, that at some point in her life as a vampire, she would go and get implants, but... Aside from that, but, it, but it's Ramos drawing. So when, know, when you get I a know. nice yeah, big-breasted even... woman, you're gonna turn it away. Come on. I just I, I like my women natural, dude. I'm sorry, but yeah, I the uh, I like mine plastic and stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 violent. It's uh, I mean, it's not really over the top or anything. But it's it's just it, at the time. I probably I'm enjoying it more now over the past couple of days that I've been digging back into it than I did when it was initially coming out um it's just it it was it i don't know it's 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 weird because there's i'm watching ramos and 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 ink spot by sandra hope for the most part but i'm watching him progress and and i mean i i loved his uh his wolverine 
story that that tied into Civil War. Loved the Spider-Man work with with Paul Jenkins. Uh, mm-hmm. There there really isn't any bad Humberto Ramos unless you're Derek Howard. There is no bad Humberto Ramos. Oh, <laughs> he, he's all kind of nutty though. I know. Hey, there there's some people that can't stand Ramos. But, I know. But I don't. I, I, I think those. I think those are the people that haven't haven't learned to love him yet. <laughs> there you go. Well, I tell yeah, you, it's not to get on. Sorry, I didn't like it, but I learned to. But go ahead. No, I was just going to say the only time I haven't enjoyed Ramos was on Runaways. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Only, yeah, that that may not have been the best fit. But uh, generally, I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, I mean, the impulse work he did for DC. I mean, really, it's he's. I just, I, I love the style. I love. I mean, we talked about it with, with Liefeld. Just, just what he puts on the page, and and I mean, I'm, I'm looking at St. George's Shield, and everybody's. I mean, he, she's Scarlet's out in Maine in the dead of winter, and she's meeting these guys that are just. I mean, he's, he's almost like Perez, where he's, he's drawing every single hair in their beard and in their head, and it's I like know. it's, yeah. it's. And I mean the the amount of work that must go into his panels and and just all the details. It's not like it just because they have big feet or big hands doesn't mean that you know he he's lax in anywhere else and other in any other area. I mean oh, someone opens their no, mouth. No, just he's an incredibly as, expressive artist. And, exactly. So so you have somebody who's who's got their mouth open real wide and and that's that's the cartoony aspect of it. But I mean he shows you he'll draw the the underneath of of their top row of teeth and and like individual teeth and it's just i mean i could just get lost in in the man's artwork and how about the dragon the dragon's phenomenal. the dragons oh my god i mean i know we were talking J- jason brought up the dragon from from mage last week and it's it's you really can't compare the two but it's i mean when when that dragon jumped up out of the pit and and, and was going after george it was just i'm i'm i was staring i didn't even see the words and the captions on on the page i was just too busy staring at the art it's yeah now see the the work that Ramos did right after this, uh, and I don't know if Augustine wrote it uh, out there. Did Augustine write that? He mm. might have. They lost me on that because Crimson is so gorgeous, and, it, it, and the intensity of the artwork, like you're saying, and and just the story. I, I really wrapped my head around the characters, especially the sidekick. What's his name? Um, Joe. Joe, and, and who is he modeled after? I mean, come on. Tonto. No, it's Marilyn Manson, dude. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean <laughs> like that? Okay. No. Yeah, look at the eye. As far as the sidekick. When, right. Well, but that's, but I mean, every, every, every issue he, he had different face paint on. Right. He was changing all the time. Right. right. So, yeah. Uh, and, but then to go from Crimson, out there seemed to lose, there seemed to be something lost between the two. It wasn't as visually, Inten- I don't want not not intense, but it, it wasn't as arresting as Crimson was. It just seems like he wasn't maybe entirely vested into the project. I don't know. I, and I know it did it didn't last nearly as long as Crimson like did. Do, yeah, yeah. Do a check. See who wrote out there. Um, the uh, well, while you're doing that, um, the, uh, the as I'm. I think I'm like up to issue maybe 14 or 15, and and it took oh. me a second because I had to go back to see um, why Scarlet was in Maine, and I didn't realize where um, where she uh, she kind of snuck off to because the issue before that she was with Joseph in New York, and and uh, and they were underground fighting the Templars and everything. And it, I mean that's the thing; it's there's just there's so much going on that there's a lot to there's just. 
it's it's meaty. I mean, we, we we've talked about some of the DC books and 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 how some of them are quick reads, or or like with Superman and and Perez is really packing it in in between those covers. But there's it, it reading an issue of Crimson, it, it's not going to go by quick. I mean, right. even if you just don't read it, but just take in the artwork, there's man, it, you it definitely got what you paid for with this book. It mis- massages your eyes. But that I think the most important thing you said in, in your whole little uh, analysis of the book. Why Crimson was so great, not only because it was a, a very good story with beautiful art, the bitch came out on time. Every uh, it, it reached 24 issues. I don't even think there are other uh, cliffhanger books. I don't think books. there are 24 Danger Girl issues. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, because and we, we know we only got... What's your got, beef with Danger Girl, David? It, it the took forever. It took forever. By the way, I mean, it was it was Augustine who wrote out there as well. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. So the same same team. I think maybe now that I think about it, didn't Ramos land uh Peter Parker Spectacular Spider Man not too long after out there? Maybe, you know, he was being wooed or he now. had something uh, it's close to Peter Parker, it has to be. Return of the Goblin is one of my one of my favorite uh modern uh Spider Man stories. It's a great story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were seven issues of of Danger Girl between oh yeah, it came March ninety eight and February two thousand one. <laughs> so see, and I know, I know there's 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 one particular artist that that Jason mentioned in in New York at at the con while while we were walking around, and I won't I won't name him, but you know basically how how one particular artist can can make a no 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 can oh. make a career or uh, or basically. Uh, acquire so much um, oh man how people can just be attracted to this one person who did six issues of something and oh. he has a lot of covers though <laughs> no I know here's, what you're talking about <laughs> right, right. Here, here's yeah. J. Scott Campbell who has done yeah he's done some he's done some pretty funky amazing Spider-Man covers he's done he's done a lot of cover work over the years but I, you, you look at his, his claim to fame I mean okay alright maybe Gen 13 but then he went and did Danger Girl because that that was his creator own thing under cliffhanger and and it's like i don't it, that's i think his his i don't want to say it's his baby because i I'm, maybe there are other things out there that that he was more keen on doing but it's just it's so strange that you have danger girl which i know a lot of people have either read it or or recall it but there isn't a lot out there of it and that but just, what, that, yeah, but so what does that say about? That's okay. No, what does that say about the work itself? It it took forever to get out. There's not a whole hell lot of it out there. But what is out there has really captivated a whole yeah, mess of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it's like the Rocketeer, but it's like the Rocketeer. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> well, you see, I compared Kirby to Liefeld. Now you just well, compared yeah, but, okay, Danger I, Girl I'm, to Rocketeer. Just like body of work, but yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it's. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot of of the Rocketeer out there, and Stevens left way too early. Right. Um, but something that resonates with people. But hey, Danger Girl's a fun little book. I oh, I, I like it. Yeah, I it's like Danger Girl. Book, yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah, it's fun. I, like I wish it. it was a little more of uh, mature. Like I, I, I do like the tease, but I wish we got a little bit something. Like the yeah, issue with, with the you. with with the hot tub and the bubbles. Yeah. Man, I was yeah, dying. Yeah. Show me something. It's, it's kind of how I feel about the the fan like fan service in in different manga. It's like I, I want you either to give it to me or don't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, like like it just it's sort of the, the I don't know the the tease just doesn't really. 
I don't know. It doesn't appeal I, to me. I like the tease, but there's a point where, you know, you're ready. You, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I need to. Why Empowered's so cool. Yeah. But that's still, there's a lot of tease in that, too. I mean, they, but, he really doesn't get super explicit. Well, I mean, I mean, they, they have intercourse. Yeah. But I want to well, see that I mean, big old monster explicit. going in. Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, but. <laughs> the internet's full of events. <laughs> I know, I'll film it myself. It's a very quick Google search, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Dave, yes, yeah. That was, that was my, I mean, I just, I, I wanted to, I guess, get away from maybe new stuff and and mostly i guess some of the dc stuff but i just wanted to wanted to enjoy something that that i hadn't checked out in in ages and well, that's funny. i mean I, go ahead what no it's just one of those things where i mean i didn't want to go back to maybe the the 80s with marvel team up or anything like that but i just i wanted to uh especially something that i hadn't finished yet and uh which is one of those things where i know we've We've had other discussions. We've had conversations where you know I keep buying it, like Avengers or Fantastic Four or X Men or Witchblade, Chris. And and even though I haven't read it, I keep Singled buying out. And uh, and it should be. It's like it's like why do I keep buying it if I'm not if I'm not reading it? Why am I still spending money on it? I don't know where it's the story's true. going. I don't know if I'm enjoying it. But here it is, something I've had I've had twenty odd issues of, and I didn't I, I don't remember reading past the first. 12 issues and mm. and it's like it's you know what i keep buying and i haven't read past issue three razzle i keep buying oh, the damn thing wow. okay yeah oh my and god what i know i i, I know Seriously? it's a good story and it's right in my backyard and and i want to read it but the the frequency at which that book comes out i can't remember yeah, we what talked came. about that like an age ago when it first came out i mean that was well, i mean They've got the they've got the uh, the two they he has the two collections out, I, and I read it in like the big. How been? Huh? Two. How many issues? Yeah. I think twelve. Wow, yeah. it's been Holy twelve. Shit. Okay, I think twelve. Yeah. Well, to give yeah. you an, just to give you an idea, Razzle number one came out the exact same month as Echo number one, and wow, Echo's already wrapped up thirty issues in Rachel Rising's three. Yeah. So. What the frig? That's okay, man. It's self-published. <laughs> what? What is that? My wife can't find the phone. <laughs> oh, do you have That's it? Funny. <laughs> nice. Wait, oh. let me throw it out the door. Nice. That's awesome. Catch it. it. You know, let Jeff Smith do what he wants. When? Oh he yeah, wants. when he when he started Razzle, he said he was going to put yeah. out every two or three months. Yeah. So yeah, and that, and that guy that guy's. With bone money is rolling deeper than all of us. So oh yeah, but sure. I'm, I, I just go, wanted go, to go. use it as an example of something that you know gets away from us. Uh, and, and, yeah, oh, God, yeah I keep buying it. it well, and it took whole ten years. Yeah, to come. no, you're right. Yeah, and so yeah. worth it. Well, and True. look at um um uh, what the hell uh <laughs> the thing I just read that you guys read when it's coming out the uh, I'm blanking right now. Where issue number twenty seven finally came out? Um, Wildstorm. Uh. Help me out here, guys. Wow, what's he talking about? Uh, the freaking uh, not not the uh, yeah, not it's not the authority. Uh, planetary. planetary. Thank you. Planetary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that took ten years. And yeah. that's true. And that is one thing that, and that's that's one book because I knew there was an ending. It's it's after I think I got to maybe issue fifteen or sixteen where I just I says it, it's coming out so infrequently mm-hmm. that I have to go back and read like the last six just to catch up to what yeah. I'm getting now. So I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna keep getting it, but I'm gonna stop reading it just so that when it's done I can sit down with it. Yeah, I mean, it's fear, fear, fear agent pissed me off a little bit. 
Yeah. Just a little bit. It's yeah. I actually yeah, I went into uh I went into Challengers. Wait, and, don't uh, don't reveal anything. Did that no, last issue come out? No, 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 it, the, no the the pen ultimate issue. Oh, the last, okay. The last issue should come out. I don't know, sometime in the next year or two. Um, Jesus Christ! I went, I went in, and I love that series. I, I've always, always have. It's one of my all time favorites. I went into, but I went into Challengers, and I was going to pick up. I think it was issue thirty one or thirty two, whatever the last one. And uh, and I asked, it's like, uh, yeah, do you have the the last issue of a Fear Agent? And <laughs> And Dal looks at me. He's like, "No, fuck that book." I'm like, "What?" Wow. He's like, "He's like, we will order it if 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 people if people want that on their pull list. But if there is a comic that doesn't release an issue for over a year, we do not stock it." Mm. And you know what? I completely agree with that. If you can't get an issue of your ongoing series out in a year, then don't expect retailers to put it on the shelf. Now, do they bend their policy for Love and Rockets? Because that's a yearly. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's more of a... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's more albums. They know that, yeah. yeah. You're right, though, Chris. You know what's funny? Though That's interesting, because you know I love Fear Agent just as you do, and... Uh, I I didn't realize it, it's funny I didn't realize until you just said it that it had been a year because you're right it's October 2010 and wow. then now October 2011 I hadn't I really didn't recall it had taken that long yeah wow. so you know and I will track down an issue but you know I didn't I didn't pre-order it and you know I I I, I would imagine at this point they've resigned themselves to the fact that that the people that want to read it will will find it. And probably read it in trade. Yeah, and it's just it's a that that's one thing I love what Rick is doing with um, you know Uncanny X Force, and I'm you know thrilled that he's got good good gigs at Marvel. But man, it just Fear Agent really paid the price for that. So, well, another book that David and I spent a lot of time talking about uh, that I think similarly lost momentum. Uh, another image book was uh, Who Is Jake Ellis? Yes. Yeah, one, two, MX, three, and four came out like clockwork from yeah. January to April, and then we just got the fifth issue yeah. this, like last week. So, oh, in- Infinite Horizon, you know, it was one, yeah, a book that I really liked was Eisner nominated, and I think they're finally finally wrapping it up. And you know, at this point, you know, it's like okay, I'll I'll get it in trade. It's uh, so yeah. I have the but, perfect segue. Go yeah, the perfect hey. segue. Nice. Speaking of comic books that take a long time to come out, how would you like to wait for a book for four decades? That would suck. That would suck pretty bad, huh? I recently got a book that was in the making for four decades. Is it the one you told me to buy? Yes, I did. Yes, I, because I bought it. And it's, I, it's probably hoping it'll hopefully it'll be at home for me when I get back from my business trip. That book is oh. Fear Itself, number seven. No, it it is an awesome assemblage of creators. 169 artists and writers. Now I'm I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna read the whole list of contributors. I'll I'll pull out the ones I think you know. Uh, Sal Amendola, Sergio Aroganes, uh, CC Beck, Von Bodie, my boy, Frank Von Bodie. Br- Frank Bruner, William S. Burroughs. Yes, I said that Damn. right. William S. Burroughs. Jerry Conway, Guido Kripax, Kim Deitch, uh, let's see, Will Eisner, that guy, Harlan Ellison, Steve Englehart, Federico Fellini, 
Folks, Sherry Flanagan's in here. Jean-Claude Forrest, the dude that did Barbarella. Uh, Carlos Jimenez, Dick Giordano, Mobius, Stan Goldberg, Archie Goodwin, Rene uh, Goscinny, Justin Green, Bill Griffith, uh, Russ Heath, Kath- Jeffrey Catherine Jones. Um, let's see. There's more. There's more. Jack Kirby, Dennis Kitchen. Alan Kupperberg, Harvey Kurtzman. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jay Lynch, Stan Mack, Don Martin. Uh, boy, I thought oh you boy, said this. you weren't going to list off all 160. I'm not. This, these are the Gray Morrow's in here. Michael O'Donohue from Saturday Night Live. Denny O'Neill. Steve Parkhouse. The Mad Peck. Uh, Ralph Reese. Trina Robbins. Arnold Roth. Gaspar Saladino's Saldin- in oh, here. Wow. Cal Schenkel, and you know who's not far behind Cal Schenkel? It's Frank Zappa, Louise and Walter Simonson, Joe Sinnott, Steve Skeets, Ned Sontag, Art Spiegelman, Ralph Stedman, uh, Roy Thomas, Pete Townsend, Herb Trimpey, Albert Uderzo's in here, uh, Alan Weiss, Gon Wilson, Barry Windsor Smith, and some guy called Wallace Wood. Mabui. Oh, my God. And, and I was on the Twitter earlier in the week, and I said, you know what? I just received a book that's going to sweep the 11 o'clockers for me because I can't see anything Wow. Anything comparing well, to this book. What? Yeah, but you, you don't know. We're going to redo the categories this year. So Okay, but definitely best collection, right? Okay. Definitely best. Um, do we have anything for uh, anthology? I don't best know. anthology. Uh, yeah, My? no best best okay. single best single issue best single publication. I mean, come on, it's it's called the Someday Funnies. It's published by the awesome Abram Comic Arts. So good. Um, it's edited by Michael Choquette, and this is the dude who um, originally worked for National Lampoon back in the in the early seventies, and he was approached by Jan uh, Wenner from Rolling Stone. And Wenner said, you know what? We're thinking of doing something for the magazine. We want to do like a supplement kind of thing, but all comics because Choquette was doing, uh, comics for Lampoon. He was writing them and, and doing various and sundry editorial things. But he, the most visible, uh, of his work was in, in the comic supplements that were tipped in the middle of the, the Lampoon. So Wenner says, we want to do this supplement to Rolling Stone, but we want to do a themed comic book tabloid and he's like well yeah i'll do it i'm i'm in and so what's the theme well we want to uh reflect on the 60s what did the 60s mean to whoever decides to jump on board like they no censorship all um there was not any restrictions as far as what the artists and writers could say or do. They could be relatively as explicit as they wanted to be because if you know at the time, the undergrounds were making huge headway into the counterculture, counterculture like Robert Crumb and, and S. Clay Wilson. Those books were everywhere and so were a lot of drugs and then, and a lot of times they went hand in hand. But, um, so Choquette jumps on board and Wenner gives him a huge, well, I guess for the time, uh, amount of money to travel and solicit um, artists and writers for this project. I mean, he went all across the country, and one of the another uh, 
crux of the uh, supplement was they didn't want to limit it to the United States. So they went overseas, too. And that's what makes this collection so special. It's not just America. I mean, you have a ton of European artists in here. There's some Japanese. It's all over the place. But the thing gets even weirder. Uh, when uh, Choquette took on the job, what uh, publication, uh, what, what publisher was located in the floor above the Lampoon in New York City? Do you know? Mm, you see? Marvel. Oh, no shit. Oh, really? Yeah, Marvel yeah. was located in the offices right above National Lampoon. So Choquette made use of that. He went upstairs and he, he, he floated a couple, uh, sent some feelers out and he got Trimpy. He got Barry Windsor Smith and Roy Thomas. Uh, and, uh, and another thing, when, when he, he took the project, he needed space to do it. So he rented studio space from Neil Adams and Dick Giordano's studio. Now, if you know Neil Adams, then as now, the dude's a mover and a shaker. He knows a lot of people. He has a lot of connections. So Choquette preyed upon that, and he got even more people involved in this thing. It, 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 it's unbelievable the rocky road this book has taken to publication because uh, I guess a few years after Wenner uh, started the project, Rolling Stone bowed out. And then Harper and Rowe took it on. And so the book had a another little tiny lifespan with Harper and Rowe. But after that, uh, the book was shelved because Harper and Rowe kind of bowed out because they didn't know how to market it. Uh, who would this? What's the target audience? You have a bunch of comic artists and writers talking about the '60s in a format that's pretty much unwieldy. I mean, this book is 15.7 inches by 12 inches. It's huge. It's a wow. pretty much. It's about the same size as uh, Wednesday Comics. A little wow. bit, a little bit bigger, I would think. Not as, maybe not as, as wide, but a little bit taller. And, uh, so Harper and Rowe bowed out and, and Choquette had no recourse but to admit defeat. He, he archived all the work, put them in, in a, in a room and closed it and didn't open the door, uh, in a manner of speaking for, for years until he was contacted by Bob Levin. Now, if you remember your 11 o'clock comics, uh, history. We talked about that issue of the Comics Journal, which was issue 299, in which Bob Levin did a long piece on the Someday Funnies, and Jason was the Doubting Thomas. Jason did not believe that this project even existed. Remember that? You were I like, do. nah, man, that's an urban legend. It ain't happening. Well, it wasn't happening up until then, and it was Bob Levin's article that got publishers interested in it. I mean, unseen Jack Kirby artwork? A 40-year-old Jack Kirby artwork, that, that alone is enough to publish the book. But when you got like Wally Wood and, and this, this entire host of writers and artists that, you know, ring, these, these people are important. It's not just Joe Schmo. It's like Spiegelman, early Spiegelman. You can see the gestation of his style from then up until the stuff he did on Mouse. I mean, it's, it's amazing. This is a, his, a very important historical document. So I guess Abrams was the one that, that scooped in and said, all right, we're going to make this thing work. And holy crap, they did. It, it's out there. You can order it. It's the, the hardcover is, it's, it's kind of expensive. It's, it's $55 for this huge 216 page oversized hardcover. But if you order it on Amazon, it's only like 30 bucks. Yeah, it's 45% off right now on Amazon. It's a huge bargain. $30, you're not going to get a book of comparable quality for that kind of price featuring legends. What's uh, the name of, the of it again? The Sunday, Sunday Funnies. Funnies. 
Everything about this book is classy. They they redid the logo for the cover of the book, and the dude that did the logo, I can look it up if you really care. The dude that did the logo designed the logo for Stanley Kubrick's Clockwork Orange. It I mean, looks every, like, I can see that. Okay. Everything yeah. about this book is class. Um and but but it is kind of a hard sell. It is about the 60s. So, um you can't really expect well, I can, but the, a publisher yeah, can't a publisher Here. can't ex can't expect a modern audience to 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 have a, a book about the 60s thrown in their lap without some kind of historical data or some framing or so just just set the stage and they do that really well in this book. There's three introductions. Uh the first is by Robert Greenfield who worked for Rolling Stone back in the day, a reporter, uh, uh, novelist, uh, writer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he p paints a pretty vivid picture of the 60s, the tumultuous decade that was the 60s. And I think that's really necessary foundation in order to better understand and appreciate the material in the strips. But if if how exhaustive can a couple-page introduction be? What they do is Choquette takes each strip in the back matter and gives you the who's the what's the why's the where's about all of this 60s data all these these events and and uh uh movements that happened in the 60s so if you don't know what they're talking about you flip to the back of the book and he'll tell you exactly what's going on here like this is the civil rights movement this is you know um the watts riots or uh jfk's assassination and so he'll give you pertinent data on the strips but he also takes a paragraph or two and gives you information on the creators where they've been, what they're doing now, where they came from. It's amazing. It's exhaustive. It's a really, really sharp book. Uh, and then you get um, comics journalist Jeet here, who you can, I think he does stuff for the Comics Journal now. Uh, he delivers an erudite and insightful forward, examining not only the importance of the book to the art form of comics, and it is, but how the format, and the lack of restrictions actually transformed the work of some of the contributors in the process too. And uh, I think um, in his article he s cites Will Eisner, who was uh, kind of sick of doing the spirit, and the spirit lost its audience around a certain period of time, and he was just you know w doing advertising and other work, and he wanted to get back into comics. And he's like, what do I do? So it was because of the strip that he did for the Someday Funnies that Will Eisner started a contract with God because he realized that the, there are no limits now to what he wanted to do. He, he could do autobiographical <laughs> stories. You didn't lie, did you? He could Sorry. do autobiographical stories. And, and, you know, he didn't have to do the hard-boiled crime fighter the rest of his life. And it, you, you have the someday funnies to thank for that. It, it, it's amazing. I can go. I waited till you were like 30 minutes into this before I coughed. Uh, you did a good job. Yeah, he did, but I'm not done. See, that's the thing. So there may be another. There may be another Notes. thirty. The end papers of this, this book. The pages end papers are pages of notes. No, the end papers are incredible because I just Choquette, ordered it. You sold me. I good. Ordered. Yeah, me too. Me too. Choquette saved everything. He saved every bit of correspondence in the making of this book, and the end papers are the correspondence with the writers and artists. There are, you they know, are your papers. Post-it notes and letters on on official letter letterheads and little drawings by artists communicating to him. People telling him, "Nah, I don't feel like doing it," or "Hey, yeah, I'm really into this." There's envelopes 
postmarked envelopes from all of the people. They can see Zappas up in the corner, the discreet Frank Zappa. Oh, my God. It, 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 and then you get into the strips. And I'm, I, like I said, I won't go into all of them because Chris will have my head. But Barry Windsor Smith and Roy Thomas, I think, knocked it out of the park. They're, they're, theirs is, is one of the absolute best. Um, it's called The Barbarian and the Super Sleuth. <laughs> this uh this wizard this atlantean wizard called shazam with two m's reaches into the time stream and plucks out a mighty barbarian it's conan okay i mean who yeah no. you say barry windsor smith what do you say conan right so he picks out one one representative well, you say conan and i say conan conan <laughs> uh he, he picks out one representative who operates with his head and uh, with his heart, that would be Conan. And then he goes for the more cerebral and picks out one representative who, th a thinker, uh, uh, um, and it's Sherlock Holmes. It's Conan meets yeah, friggin' yeah. Sherlock Holmes, right? And the whole thing is this Shazam is perplexed because they've never been able to find out who really killed good King Jack. And it's J-A-K-K. -K. And, of course, it's Kennedy. And, and this, this, uh, wizard has two men at arms. Uh, I gotta get their names right because it's really important. One is called Pentagon, P-E-N-T-I-G-O-N-N. -N, and the other one is called Jedgar, J. Edgar. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So they're going along and they're saying, oh, this, this great king who wanted to bring his, his armies back into his country. They were fighting wars abroad that were fruitless and the people were getting upset that their, their boys were scattered all across the globe. He wanted to bring them back. And one day when he was in one of the more unruly sections of his country, the king was felled and they show him being hit by a bunch of arrows from all different directions. And so they, they launched a an inquisition and uh the the guy that they found that that supposedly killed good king jack was felled by a ruby cutter isn't that awesome mm. a ruby cutter this is so cool right so uh later on the good king's brother was felled in a similar manner and the people were upset and he asks Sherlock Holmes and Conan to solve the the riddle of the the murder once and for all, and the way it's solved is unbelievable. It's really cool. I won't spill the beans, but it's it's astounding. It's very good, and it's the only three page strip in the book. Really, rightly rightly so. I mean, come on, Barry Windsor Smith wants to do three pages. You let Barry Windsor Smith do three pages, right? And on that note, um, Cracklehead, it's a uh, oh, yeah. I'll be back yeah. for more. Well, well, nice. Now that so then now that we know that that. It should be waiting for Jason when Jason returns home and Chris just ordered it. I just ordered it too, so now maybe we'll all oh, be snap. able to talk about it come uh, the 11 o'clock Christmas this year. Dang. So. Nice. Perhaps. Well, just a, qu a quick aside uh, to a conversation we had last week um, regarding Mage. Uh-huh. So, so oh, yeah. I read the second series this week. Oh, Okay. And I will say that I uh, I am more in Vince's camp than David's camp in that as much as I enjoyed Matt Wagner's art in the first series. Where'd he go? Do we lose him? Where'd he go? Sorry, sorry, mute button, my bad. Okay. Um, I said that uh, as much as I enjoyed the artwork in the first series of Mage, I'm more in Vince's camp in that I loved 
the second series artwork even more. Wow. Okay. I will. Yeah. I, you know, when when I'm done with Crimson, I will I will reread the second series because it has been a while. So we'll see. I'll I'll. Uh, it's. I mean, it's it's. Now you read them obviously pretty much one after the other. Yeah. So there wasn't there wasn't the time lapse there was between the two volumes for you. Right. Um, how did the story play out? Well, it's interesting because I was going to ask you a similar question in that the big bad in the second series, there was no mystery to me, like in the sense that, I mean, I mean, because he, uh, it was it was evident to me obviously that it was the Grackle Flint that had survived and gotten his face messed up and had killed the last bad. Like I, you know, it was, I mean, he drew him to look that way, so it wasn't like he was trying to fool you, right? But they didn't really mention him until probably about halfway through the series explicitly. <laughs> so what I was wondering is, is is for those that read Mage as it was coming out, did the 10-year jump make it harder to remember that that was who that character was? Was it more of a surprise? Um, I don't I don't think it was for me. Um, it, it it may have based on based on the the time difference. Uh it's I don't know. I think I was I was probably more more aware of Kirby and Joe Fat and 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 <laughs> the sister and the witches or the sisters and mm-hmm. uh I was I was I think more in tune to what was going on in um I guess maybe the challenges or or or, or what Matchstick was going through than than the big bad. It that that I think was probably secondary to me as I was reading it. Mhm. Yeah, I could see that. I guess. I mean, I, 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 I thought the whole thing for a book that did come out so far apart from one another. Um, I thought the artwork evolved quite a bit, which you would expect over that period of time. But I thought that the story actually was pretty tight, tightly. I mean, it, I thought it. If you had put that book out in one fell swoop as just an ongoing series, I don't think anyone would have been shocked. It wasn't like there was some, you know, massive transmogrification of nice. time passage or story setting. I mean, it, it, it very much read like a continuation of, of his right. original vision for the book, right. which is interesting because, again, you know, we're talking about a decade-long hiatus, so you would just think that Wagner would have had a lot of different... I, I'm imagining that had he put the book out 10 years before in, se- in sequence, it would have been a much different book, is my, is my bet. Um, I think you're... I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. But the thing, I guess the thing I took away from it most of all is just his characters. Um, you know, it, uh, it, there were times in reading the whole thing, both the first and second series, that I felt like this was almost Wagner's, like his, his mind was forming these concepts and these characters and these ideas, and he wasn't totally beholden or fearful of the fact that maybe parts of it weren't fully formed, you know? I mean, he just sort of took the journey where the where his mind took it, and he wasn't necessarily totally consumed with making sure that um, it was all like one tight narrative, you know what I mean? Um, and I like that. Like, I liked it. I, I felt like I was sort of – it felt very personal to me. Like, I felt very much – I don't know. It's hard. It really felt like a creator-owned book. You know, like we use that term yeah. a lot, but a lot of times that just means, especially these days, if it's like somebody from Image or something, it can often still be a, almost like a a tryout book at times, where a guy's trying to show the bigger publishers, like, look how well I can construct a really fully formed 
story, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And, and certainly plenty of those books come out and they're enjoyable. But in this case, it really felt like Wagner was just doing this for himself because he had these characters and ideas in his mind that he wanted to get out. And it didn't strike me reading it that he was all that concerned with what the readers really ultimately thought of it. I mean, he, you know, because clearly he was putting on the page what he wanted to put on the page. Uh-huh. And the the thing that – and what I'm about to say here, it, it didn't – as I was reading it, the thing that it reminded me the most of is the, um, like the first phone books worth of Cerebus. <laughs> in that, it, it, you know, it it just was what it was. It was it was very much a, a creator, um, almost like sharpening his his tools, sharpening his spear, you know, in terms of what he wanted to be as a as a storyteller, and uh, and there was a lot of himself in there. And if you you wouldn't. I don't know if I would have known that as much if I hadn't read up on Matt Wagner over the years before reading his work. But, but it was. Uh, so it was a. Fa- it was almost as much. It was a fascinating experience. Not even just so much for the story itself, which I did enjoy, but just for. Um, I really feel now coming away from it that I get a really strong sense of who Wagner is and what he's. What what kind of things are important to him when he's when he's creating a story. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah. So it was great. I mean, I, I, I don't even know why I didn't read it when it was coming out. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It just was off my periphery. You know, I don't, I don't know. I think, yeah. I, I think the second, I think the hero defined is, is, um, and it's probably there in the title, but it's, it, I, I see that as, as more, more personal. I think like that there's more, um, if you look beneath the, the, um, the fantastical, there's probably more, that has to do with Wagner's life in the second book than there mm-hmm. is with the first. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you I mean don't like falling in love and yes. And, yeah. And yeah. His buddies trying to say, Hey, listen, you know, sometimes you're too controlling. You got to ease up. And, and uh, I mean, the, the, the ogre is, is Bob Shrek. And I mean, so there, 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 are, you can tell who, who the people are mm-hmm. in, in Wagner's life. I more so in the second book, I don't, I'm not as, as, um, Based on on what what's available to read about man online, I, I'm I'm I think I'm more familiar with with the people in his life that that are reflected in the second book than in the first. I don't know how he was in in the '80s to to tell you you know who Sean or who Edsel is supposed right. to be if right. they actually do exist in Matt Wagner's life or if they were just there to to move the King Arthur story along. Hmm. So um, it's uh, it's I mean it it I think. Maybe some of it reads as, as though he's happy that 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 he was finally getting the second part of the trilogy out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll I'll definitely I'll, I'll be reading it real soon, and ju- just so that because uh, it has been it it has been too long, and and I'll uh, I I'll just I think I, I prefer the the I guess the older line work and definitely the airbrush colors, but um, I uh, I still. I remember enough about the second story, but I don't remember as much as I'd like to. So I'll mm-hmm. Joe Fat. I'll, uh, yeah, I know yeah, Joe, Joe Fat. Joe Fat. Well, the Joe other Fat. cool thing, uh, to your point again I, about sort of expanding, I think the one area where he did take it to another level, and again, whether this was passage of time or where he had always intended for it to go, is that um, as we talked about last week, the 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 construct of that first series is is kind of a, a loose interpretation of the Arthurian legend. You know, mm-hmm. which is cool, and uh, and I'm I'm I love the Arthurian legend, so that that was sort of really floated my boat. In this, he plays more with the concept of um, 
of uh of 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 just mythology and characters in general and right. and the iconography and also the idea that um which you know I'm I'm a big pro- proponent of which is that a lot of the characters in different religions and mythos and 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 mythologies from all different time frames and and places in the world are are really quite analogous to one another you know there are archetypes that that could be easily you know someone that's of uh you know hindu descent can look at the same character in a page and say, well, that's an archetype of, and it can be reminiscent of, you know, a Christian looking at it and saying, well, that's a, you know, John the Baptist archetype. Well, that's a vision. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So he, he plays with that here, right? Because we, in addition to, to, uh, to Kevin being who we already know is, as, uh, you know, as, as the King Arthur type, he's, we come to find out that he's also, you know, Gilgamesh and that, um, you know, Kirby is multiple characters and multiple types. And obviously, uh, you know, Joe, I mean, I think they refer to him as the coyote, but clearly there's lots of other things he could have been, right. he could have been you know, uh, he could have been Hermes. He could have, you know what I mean? Mercury, so, yeah. And I, yeah, Mercury. And I love that, that, that he plays with that. Cause that's a theme I've generally, my, um, not to turn this into a discourse about religion again for, uh, everyone wants to click on the off button, but you know, one of the things that, <laughs> that, that I've always felt about religion is that it's very much a mythology, you know, in the sense that if you look at, at, if you match up a lot of the themes and concepts and characters and icons that are in a lot of the organized religions have a tremendous amount of overlap. Um, and also they, they tie into a lot of the, you know, polytheistic ideals too, um, in many ways. And, and this kind of plays in that world, you know, this is, this is Wagner kind of m- telling a, a modern story, but, but just mushing all that into modern characters that, like you said, are, based on himself and his friends. So it was really cool. I mean, it was, it was very much like a, it just felt really personal, you know? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, Matt, I mean, kudos to it. It's, it's definitely unlike much else that I've read. Um, yeah. You know, All right. Am I good? You're good. You are. Cause I got more. <laughs> did you have any thoughts on Mage or did you? Yeah, just- yeah. No, I'm going to bring it back to Someday Funnies because I got a couple more things. I got a finish- couple more fucking pages. I got to finish Jason. the notes. Shut up, you, Mr. Quiet. Hey, there's I don't a, have time to talk. There, there's a really you cool. Tell us all about this book that we've already told you that we fucking ordered. But you're not the point. On our own. You're not the point. The listener is the point. I do this for the listeners. Ruin it for, the, it for you, us. You've made it to where no one will ever buy this shit. book because they don't need to. Are you done talking? Because I'm gonna go. <laughs> done. Okay. <laughs> there's a really cool. Two you page. just ran Abrams out of business. No, I didn't. C.C. Beck and Denny O'Neill with uh, Don Newton do a two-page metatextual uh, take on Captain Marvel. And uh, the, the thing is, this Billy Batson's taken to court. And uh, in 1952, the judge makes the ruling that you cannot utter the name of any Egyptian wizard. Which, which pretty much renders Captain Marvel yeah. useless. And the whole thing is, it's a take on the, the time in the late forties when DC Comics took Fawcett to court yep. because they thought that Captain Marvel was an infringement on their boy Superman and DC won in 1952. So from 1952 till 1970, um, they couldn't use Captain Marvel. No one could. And it's really neat. The judge makes his ruling and Billy Batson says, holy moly, you can't know what this means, your honor. And Clark Kent's in the background. He says, tough luck, kid. I can guess how hard this is going to be on you. My heart bleeds for you, dear boy. <laughs> this, is the, this is the lawsuit right here. And then Captain America and Batman and uh, Batman says, I'm glad my powers don't depend on magic. Cap, <laughs> sa- Cap says, I always figured the twerp for a loser. But anyway, 
the, the strip goes on, and so Billy Batson is, is walking the streets, looking at all the injustice around him, and he's unable to do anything about it. And the one panel that really had, it, I, I was in stitches, and I shouldn't have been because I'm a, I'm a black fucker, but my humor anyway. There's a bunch of clans members burning a cross in front of a, a southern plantation, like the, the yard. They're burning the cross, and Billy Batson's crying in the foreground. <laughs> <laughs> the clan burning across with Billy Batson in it. I mean, come on. It's what? friggin' the clan. The KKK is burning across. I'm aware across. of who the fucking clan is, Vince. You're miserable. You are seriously miserable. <laughs> Jesus. The the Kirby page is mm, uh, I'm not gonna critique it, but it's not Jack's best one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wow. closest thing list your listeners will ever hear to Vince besmirching Kirby. It, it's kind of cool. It, he quotes Ayn Rand in it, and uh, it's about this rugged individualist oh, it's, going. It's not Ditko? No, it's Kirby. Yeah. Oh. It, it's called The Ballad of Beardsley Bullfeather in Tune In, Cop Out, and Drop Up. Oh, it's great. a guy who, who, who funds his own space program, goes to the moon. Uh, there, there, he's a, there's a libertarian bent to it. He even, there, there's even one panel where the, he's looking right at the, the reader and he says, get yours, you know, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's Jack and it's great, but it, it, I have to admit there are a lot better strips in the book than, than the Kirby. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Wally Wood one is extremely foul. I loved every bit of it. It's about the uh, the the loosening uh, sexual mores in the in the country, and the last panel has every decadent sexual act you would ever want to see. There's a, a kid sodomizing a sheep. There, there's a woman blowing a guy, and he has recently hung himself. There's a, a, a guy exposing himself to children. There's a man vomiting, uh, and there's people. Uh, doing various things with a toilet and it's all so beautifully rendered. I mean, it's Wally Wood. It, it's, it's the, the prototypical, exquisitely drawn wood woman involved in ick. <laughs> there's, there's, there's water sports in it and, uh, and scat. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's pretty much one of the uh, best reasons to buy the book is to see Wally Wood's <laughs> disgusting panel. But yeah. And, uh, one last thing. There is, um, initially, they wanted to leave a panel on from each contributor, leave a panel blank. Why? Well, Joquette had the, the bright idea that he would get Robert Crumb to draw Mr. Natural on every page. And Mr. Natural could be the unifying thread wandering through the book, commenting huh. on all of the pages. It's a pretty cool idea, right? Yeah. But as you might assume, Robert Crumb wasn't having any of it. He thought it was a stupid idea. He didn't want to do it. And he just walked away. So what Choquette had at the end of the day, after they did decide to publish the book, was a bunch of pages that had one blank panel on all on, on a lot of the pages. So what he did was he got another guy to come in to uh, his name's Michael Fogg to cartoon single panels of Michael Choquette's journey in getting this book published. So that's kind of neat. Oh, okay. so, so yeah, you, you get you get two you get a, a unifying narrative running through the whole book, and you get a bunch of commentary on the '60s, and it's awesome. And you must order it. It's, it, it it'll appeal to the fan, both longtime and the newer guys, because longtime fans are going to groove on this historical document with all these great artists and writers. It's a time capsule, and the new guys can get a glimpse of some of the best the medium has to offer. You'll you'll learn why these guys are so revered when you see this book. That's all I'm gonna say. 
You got to get it. It should be on your shelf. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm done. Are you really? Yes. I'm you finished. Sure? I'm finished. All right. I don't want to upset Chris by talking too much now. I'm not upset. I just, sometimes you need to leave a little on the bone, Vince. Dude, it's a hundred. It's 216 pages. There's so much meat on this, I didn't even touch upon it yet. I know, I know, but... Speaking of leaving a little on the bone, dude, the opposite uh, of that, Dan Klaus's Death Ray. Mm, you know, I was, I was looking at yeah, that. It's, uh, it, yeah, no, no, so good. Like the cover of Drew B. In, and then I read it, the description. I thought, this sounds great. Because I didn't read it. I guess it was in his comic. I didn't read the comic. So I was like, oh, okay, this, I might be grooving on this. And then I saw the page count and thought, nah, son. <laughs> I think wasn't Death Ray part of Eight Ball Twenty Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I didn't buy it because I already have it. But right. I don't understand the logic in taking a section out of a larger piece of art and publishing it on its own. Make money, I guess. Yeah, that, but it's nineteen ninety-five yeah. for forty-eight pages. Well, wow. yeah. Oof, what? Really? Yeah. Holy terror. Holy shit. I know. Yeah, really. Holy terror. No, for real. I, I guess you know, rename it Holy Shit. Holy terror, Down Claws. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought, okay, this looks cool, and I love the cover. And then the cover I thought, is pretty right, badass. It is. Yeah. So um, it reminded me a little bit of the tooth, actually. You know? Like, I was like, okay, I can get with this. Or even, um, uh, what was the uh, thing we just wrote with Shaky Kane? Um, Oh, uh, Bulletproof Coffin. Yeah, Bulletproof Coffin. Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be the spot. And then I was all set to order it, and I looked down at the uh, little Amazon description, and I saw 48 pages, and I thought, hmm. Because yeah. the, um, the, the times, the, the pull quote is, it's like Holden Caulfield with a phaser set on kill. And, you know, I'm a, I mean, I named one of my oh, yeah. Holden, so <laughs> obviously I'm a huge fan of Catcher in the Rye. So I was like, this is it. But then now I'm thinking I should just track down the, the issues. Yeah, <laughs> just, one, just 24, yeah. It's yeah. it. I don't want to. From what I remember, it is pretty. I mean, all of Klaus's stuff is pretty dense. I mean, there's there's a pretty high per pan, per page panel. I mean, ratio. I'm, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the product dimensions. So I mean, it's it's larger than than your average yeah, yeah. comic book size. But yeah, no, I mean less than less than than fifty pages for damn. You need to get like a velvet glove cast in iron. Start with that one if you want to. If you want to get on the Klaus bandwagon, read read that first eight ball trade. Look at me getting all grown up reading some Matt Wagner about the Serious. Reading some brothers. <laughs> Clouds. Did you say grown right. up? He did, grown man. He's up. all grown up. <laughs> Big boy. Got the loving rockets coming. Have I you know. been? Able, have you dipped into volume one yet? That's next. I, I wanted cool. to get through this mage, and then I figured nice. I'd uh, check this loving rockets out. So, cool. Christopher, I want to know what you've That's been right. reading while you tr- while you're on the on the comeback trail. Comeback? Oh, uh, comeback trail. Because you're feeling ill. Oh. um... You know, our our buddy Dave Windorf um, had suggested that I go back and read some stuff that uh, that DC had published in the early part of the decade. And did you guys have we talked about Legends of the DC Universe yet? Well, we we bring it up I from mean, time to here time. And there, yeah. yeah. Um, we were talking about about OMAC and the awesome. Uh, Kirby homage that that Giffen is doing with uh, with Omac, and uh, and our buddy Dave um, sent me an email. I was like, well, if you like that, you have got to go and check out issues twenty two and twenty three of Legends of the DC Universe for a story called Transylvania. That the Steve Rude one? It no, it is the Wadrawn. 
Oh, issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's written by uh by Randy and uh uh Jean-Marc uh L'Officier. L'Officier. Yeah. yeah, and uh and uh Jail Ladron, which I'm assuming is the same Ladron that does the awesome covers and worked on Elephant Man, right? Uh, yeah, I would assume. Yeah, totally different style. It is um it, it it's a Superman story and it is just an all out Kirby love fest. Yeah. And it is it is maybe my favorite Superman story after like All Star, of course. Um it is just an awesome awesome Superman story. It's everything that that a, a really fun Superman story should be. And and um you know one of the things that I love about All-Star Superman is that it it showed him as being more than just the strongest, fastest, you know, laser beams and and flight and all that. One of the things that makes Superman so awesome is that he is an incredibly um, gifted scientist, and he's and he is uh, he's a genius, and they they play on that in in this Transylvania story. He meets um, a character I am unfamiliar with called um, Dabney Donovan. Mm-hmm. Is this I, I'm assuming like an old villain that used to fight the JLA or something like that? No, he's from it, Kirby's New, New Gods. Gods right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a new guy. Okay, think See, of I... uh, G. Glorious Godfrey. Right. They're just, I mean, the, the alliteration okay. that, that he used for that. Okay. Okay. Well, I need to. I obviously need to. But isn't need to isn't Dabney uh, is isn't Dabney modeled after Stan? He looks like Stan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He looks right. like Stan a lot. He, he is. He's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. He's a brilliant scientist, but he's um um doesn't really care about the collateral damage is how I would describe him in this. Hmm. Is that maybe accurate? Uh, I don't remember Dabney Donovan being a scientist. I maybe Yeah, well in, in in this he's a scientist because he has created um a nano world and uh there's a creature that is come or, or did he just take credit for creating? No, he created it. Um it, it, and there's a creature that has come out of this nano world, which... which Jesus, it, I'm so stupid. Huh? What? Donovan was the head of Cadmus. Yeah. Yeah. I, all right, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of when David said Gigor, Godfrey. Gigor, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so, long, long story short, because it's only a two-issue story, and if you can track it, I think it's available on Comixology. You should be able... Well, yeah, I mean, you should be able to get most yeah. of the Legends of the DC Universe for, for yeah. below cover, so... And, and you can grab it, but um, basically, Superman and, and Dabney have to go into this nano-planet and... and, and fix fix what has gone wrong what's awesome about the planet is that all of the the culture of the planet is all based on the universal movie monsters and so there are there are bands of vampires and werewolves and mummies and it's 
So it's like this entire little micro planet that that Superman, because of the size of the planet, isn't able to process yellow sunlight, and so he becomes drastically depowered, and so he really has to, you know, show off how smart he is to think his way out of it. But it's this just awesome, wacky-ass, Kirby homage to, to Superman comics of him running around this like nanite world filled with universal movie monsters. It's fucking amazing. And Ladron Ladron is brilliant in the entire two issues. Oh yeah. Do you have many of those Legends of the DC Universe? Because there's a lot of great stuff in that run. Yeah, I'm kind of picking my way through them. There's um, a, a a couple there's issues. Some, there's peaks and valleys. That would be a great omnibus for them to put out. Oh, yes. you're not kidding. Yes. You're not, there's a couple issues that Steve Pugh did. On mm-hmm. the new gods, oh man, they're awesome. Some there's um, there's yeah. there's a uh, priest wrote a uh, I think three issues that have to do with uh, Justice League and and Snapper Car, uh, where where Car actually um, grows to be like a senator or something like that. But there's a uh, there's a tie-in to when Barry was running through um, ties into Crisis on Infinite Earths, and and it's one of the right. Tie- I have that one. Yeah, yeah. I think they might have even included it in one of the uh, crisis collections, but there's there's one there's a, a two or three parter that that absolutely floors me because it's it's the first meeting in the post crisis era of Green Lantern and Green Arrow of, of Hal and Ollie, but you'd never believe that this was um well you might if you read his Nightwing stuff, but that this was actually penciled by Greg Land. Greg Land and it's and it's great looking stuff. Yeah. The, the thing about Legends of the DCU, I started off on it when it was was originally originally published, mm-hmm. and the first couple issues are like, the there's a two part Batgirl story that I just did not like for whatever reason, and then I kind of bowed out of the series. But then I've been picking them up over the years because you yeah. can find you can find a lot of them in the cheapy boxes. I mean, yep. the, the, you know, they don't go for a whole lot of bucks. And whatever I've read from that series has been gold. It's like, why did I stop buying it? I don't know because that. that well, I mean that story. that's that's the danger that they run with the with series like that. It's you know like Brave and the Bold or whatever is. Like, yeah, it's you never get the it, same creators, yeah. never the you, same characters. So. Right. So you get onto a two or three issue um, story that you're not digging and on, it, and you it can didn't tie in to continuity. I mean, they they were all stories based in the past or, or first time meetings of. Characters and and it's not like you didn't need to buy a Legends of the DC Universe story and then pick up an issue of of Batman or Superman to continue it. So they didn't. I think I think they did. They didn't. It wasn't explicit a continuity tie, but I think they tried to embellish stuff that that was going on in the regular DC Universe with special issues, like say. Uh, the the whole Armageddon 2001 thing was going on. What they would do mm-hmm. is they would do an issue maybe on on Hawk or or you know what I mean Captain Adam. Oh, or something. okay. okay. They, they, it, but it wouldn't be like Armageddon 2001 tie-in. Read this. Right. It would be kind of subtle. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, there's a there's a heck of a. It's always fun to look back at some of these series that you kind of remember, but then to see who some of the art teams were, like Chris was just obviously talking about LeDron, but then I'm looking through, I mean, Terry Dotson with Kevin Nolan Inks on a yep. Batwoman uh, run in this uh, in this series, uh, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Scott Collins with Klaus Janssen Inks. Yeah. See, and that's, and that's not as crazy as I mean, another book like that. It was um, 
well, they, they had a couple, but there was JLA classified and there was just uh, JSA classified. But JLA classified had that Gail Simone multi-part story with um, pencils by Jose Luis Garcia Lopez <laughs> and inks by Klaus Janssen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't that The Ultimate Woman or something like that? Was maybe not woman, but there was a general involved in the story. And yeah, it was it was a weird story. Yeah, it was crazy running this david there is yeah yeah but and, yeah. and that one involves snapper car oh okay. you wrote, oh, you wrote, a, wa- you wrote a, a wonder yeah. woman story too yeah i'm looking at the wonder woman story oh, okay like okay the 18th letter a love story that um, one i did not read it was toward the end uh actually okay. it's a uh, pablo ramondi who i think has been doing some x-factor issues uh pencils oh, and wow. mckenna inks so yeah nice. i'd say it's the equivalent of um marvel fanfare only done right I was going to say, see, all I remember Marvel fan for are the covers. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember the album yeah. caricatures, but the, yeah, that's, I, I could, yeah, I guess, but Marvel Fanfare, they were just, they, you could tell with Marvel Fanfare that they were inventory stories, that they were just whatever yeah, yeah. Al had in the drawer, and they're yeah. like, right, we're going to do this, we're finally going to release Not that Mazzucchelli one, though. Dude, how about this one? Uh, number nine, uh, Battles End one shot written Denny O'Neill pencils Greg Land inks Dick Giordano yeah, yeah no shit <laughs> that was yeah, yeah cool. that that might have been it might have been wait was was what what was that story about uh, I'm just just going by the uh, the cover here it's uh, I mean it's called Battles End it's one issue it looks like uh, it's got Green Green Lantern and Green Arrow on the cover there you go yeah. that should be but that. That, that, then, then unless they did another follow-up or something, because the one I have is like two or three issues. David's bamboo. Well, it's weird. That, so, comic book DB might be wrong because as I click on the issue and enlarge it, number nine says uh, "Peacemakers Part Three of Three. Oh, okay, so, okay. Yeah, so, I think comic book DB just got it wrong. So, yeah. But yep, O'Neill, Land, and Giordano—that's crazy. Yep, that was it's it. A good series. Was- you know, may, hey, maybe I may bind that. Finish, finish my run and buy it. Yeah, I mean, that things. would be great. Like, I would read that. Like, if I could buy that in one big hardcover, I would definitely buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'm looking through this. Um, the uh, Indie Spinner Rack guys, um, Michael Zuli is one of their favorites. Because he's and, great. Uh, it's, and, yeah, and he, it's good. He think. did, I remember him, uh, I remember them talking about how he did a run in this um, with uh, Jam, De, Jam, Jam DiMatteis, or DeMatteis, however you say it, wrote it, and... Uh, yeah, so okay. You want to see freaking great Michael Zuli art? You you can definitely find this book in the cheapy bins. I'm not talking about Puma Blues. Uh The Last Temptation, it's an Alice Cooper tie in book. Written by Neil Gaiman. And the, wow. the, the art the art's by Michael Zuli. Oh my god, it's gorgeous. But the book did not sell for shit. Is is that and, before or after Sandman? No, it's after Sandman. During oh, okay. maybe either during or after Sandman, yeah. Uh, I think it's it, during it's yeah. pretty awesome and uh, really cheap. Definitely a quarter pop. And it wasn't it wasn't cheap to buy. I think they were all prestige format, four ninety five issues around there. But you can find them for next to nothing. People throw them at you when you go at conventions. Just take these books. <laughs> we can't sell them. Gorgeous Look at us stuff. all taking a ride on the Wayback Machine this week. I love, love the it. way. Hey, yeah, I've been, all been about the Wayback Machine. In fact. I, obviously, I talked about Someday Funnies, but the book that I wanted to talk about this week, because this one just bounced the shit out of it, was I wanted to talk about Orion. 
Oh, nice. Oh, you need to read that. You need to read Wild yeah, Science. I actually have Ryan. a bunch of those issues. Every every year or so, I like to pull it out and and remind myself hmm. how much of a boss Walt Simonson is because yeah. I don't think you know it's usually Mark Evanier, even however you pronounce it. Evanier. That's usually that's yeah, usually Evanier, cited yeah. as the literary uh, um, descendant of Kirby. Like if Kirby right. couldn't do it, they want Evanier to do it. But you know what? For my money, Simonson that that Orion run is perfect. It, it's it's friggin' awesome. It's just there's questions uh, i guess simonson is really tight with john byrne and during john byrne's run on jack kirby's fourth world there was a question as to the patronage of orion and simonson said to him do me a favor i got this orion thing coming up don't answer the question leave it up in the air for me so Je- uh, Byrne said sure and so in simonson's story it starts off where there's a question whether or not dark side is orion's true father and things just kind of spiral out from there. Darkseid um, holds a hostage an entire American town and extracts. Each person has a fragment of the anti-life equation lodged in their brain, and he extracts the anti-life equation. And for Darkseid to get the anti-life equation is a pretty big deal. We don't want him to have it, right? So push comes to shove. I won't go into the details, but Orion becomes Red Orion because he is infused with the anti-life equation, defeats Darkseid. It's really neat. Light Ray gives him this armor on the sly and and dark side doesn't know about it so when when uh orion uh gets into the the thick of it with with dark side what does dark side do he unleashes the omega beams oh geez didn't know you were going to do that right so orion just kind of deflects the beams and they go willy-nilly all over the page and it's perfect simonson because he does he's a designer as well as an illustrator he 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 works the entire friggin page and and you see the beams just going Caterwauling all across the page, and Darkseid is taken out by his own Omega beams, and he's poof, he's gone. So who is ruling Apocalypse? But Orion, and he tries wow. to he tries to do the good thing by bringing peace and tranquility to Apocalypse, but it kind of they spills, don't want that. No, they it can't kinda, handle that. It kind of spills name, over man. spills over into his other dealings, and he comes to Earth. And because he has, because he has the, uh, anti-life equation, whatever he speaks is law. You cannot contradict Orion. Whatever he tells you to do, you must do. So he comes to Earth and starts laying down the law, and Superman is like bowing to Orion. The Justice League, yeah, we'll do that. Whatever you want, Orion. And there's peace on Earth, but it, it kind of sort of backfires. And that's where the series begins. Uh, in, that's maybe about the first six or eight issues, but it's friggin' awesome. You, you gotta read Orion. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's perfect. It's, it's I bought that perfect. on eBay when I was going through my. Oh, you have the whole run. Yeah, I, I think I have the whole run. I, but when I was discovering my uh, doing the Discover DC phase, and I was buying up like entire runs of everything I get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of Captain Marvel, there's a two-parter in there that features uh, Captain Marvel, and Simonson nails the character. He just gets it, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, but squinting. It's a Simonson drawing, so yeah, everybody pretty much looks like they're they're squinting. But uh, no, um, unlike the the dude that's going to be doing Captain Marvel, who I would not lay money on getting it right, Simonson he knows the character, and and he's just this man child who follows Orion around. And and who's doing Captain Marvel? Jeff Johns. 
Oh, but who's drawing it? Uh, Jeff Johns is writing it, and I think um, who's drawing it? It's not Ethan Van Skyver, is it? Oh God, no! Some no, some so. somebody you wouldn't. Yeah, he's busy <clears throat> writing. Yeah, writing in quotes. Ahem, <laughs> <clears throat> doing cover art artistry. <laughs> yeah, but artistry. I mean, Orion just says, you know. Uh, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring peace. And Captain Marvel, he, he feels something's wrong, but he, d because of his reverence for who is essentially an elder, I mean, Orion's a hell of a lot older than Billy Batson, right? He just, he kowtows to, to, uh, Orion, and then nasty, nasty things happen. And those two issues are drawn by John Byrne. Ooh, nice. It's not entirely Simonson. Simonson writes most of it. And you know what? There's backup features in it. Art Adams does one, Dave Gibbons. Um, John Byrne does one. Frank Miller does a backup feature. Ooh, it, you just made me yeah. think of something with the David Gibbons I wanted to ask you guys about. Was that the renewed rumors that the Watchmen prequels are in fact a go? Oh Jesus! I didn't hear that. Is it, is it that time of year again? Where, where it is that time of year? Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently, and 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 the, at least according to There's, God, I was Darwin I was, Cook is overseeing the thing. No. Mm -hmm. he, well, yeah. He, was it wasn't he involved in the mix the last time these rumors came up? Oh, was he? I think so. Yeah. Because when I think of Watchmen, I think of Darwin Cook. <laughs> no, but you think whenever you think of Darwin Cook, you think of damn good storytelling, right? Uh, we could, there, there could be worse attached to the pro project. It yeah. could be Frank well, Miller's Watchmen. Could be Frank Miller. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Presents. <laughs> Jason presents, uh, Kroll. <laughs> presents Rorschach. I mean. <laughs> Rorschach opens up his coat. He's got a dead cat in there. All right. so I was going to say uh, he's got Dexter. The cat is is beating uh, is is beating Rorschach up in another way. There's so many bad 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 directions this could go. Yeah, who uh, knows? I just I saw the room hey, pop back up because I guess they were taking comments Darwin had made uh, not so long ago about how he was working on something he couldn't tell anyone about, but it was going to blow people's minds and upset people and excite other people. And it was DC project that he he was it was probably going to be the biggest thing yeah. of his career. Okay, I and read that. I guess that, they yeah. were saying that Gibbons and a couple of the other Watchmen co-conspirators had been in meetings at the DC headquarters recently, and they were. I mean, again, that could all just be. You know, who knows if it's all people putting the pieces together. I guess we'll find out soon enough. But, you know, we talked about this, I think, what, like a year or two ago, right, when this yeah. was a rumor. And, and yeah. I think we all agreed that it's it's almost surely going to be poorly executed. But, you know, at the end of the day, we oh, it's, you know, it, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be what it will be. It, it, yeah. You know, it's not Watchmen will always be Watchmen. Right, it doesn't change so Watchmen. Yeah. It's, right. you know, as, as, you know, Dark Knight is, wow, is, is, yeah, I mean, it, Dark Knight is not lessened because of um, you know what Return of the Dark Knight. It's Dark Knight uh, or Strikes Back. Dark, Dark Knight Strikes Back. Yeah, it, I like yeah. that. I I think that's really good. Uh, strikes Back. Still, yeah, I I like it a lot. Um, you know, strikes it, again. It, you mean? It has grown on me over the years. Yeah, it's and, fun. It's a lot of fun. And just and just kind of realizing that it's kind of just Frank Miller fucking with people. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's. My favorite part is when the Adam crawls into uh, Catgirl's mouth. Yeah, I love that page. You, you know that's that's a series I haven't read that I I wanted I wanted to ask you about because I've, I've uh, is um sort of the Adam. Ooh, yeah. get that trade, dude. Yeah. Um, I read it. I read it cold. Um, last year, uh, mm -hmm. picked it up and read it. 
Um, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it is it is a product of its era. Uh, it's it's really pretty. Hell yeah, yeah it is. Go <laughs> okay, K man. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you if you are unfamiliar with Gil Kane as an artist, that's that's pretty. It's a pretty good one to 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 snap up. It's. Uh, I was looking at some Gil Kane stuff today at the yeah. shop. Uh, the guy, local uh, guy, has a bunch of two dollar back issues, like like bronze stuff, and a lot of it is the uh, Kazar run. And nice. Gil Kane did a, did a, a bunch of nice covers oh, yeah. on that Kazar run. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Gil Kane is, I mean, he's a guy that probably should be considered one of the one of the greats, and you never really hear his name thrown around. As... Maybe we should dust off the creator spotlight and do one on Gil Kane. Yeah, because people are dumb, man. Gil Kane, he was Wait. the shit. Yeah, I will say one thing, though. If I had to critique one thing that I did not like about Gil Kane's artwork, his women, while very gorgeous, and he did that, he was... A, he was shackled by his grasp of anatomy. Kane has an amazing grasp of human anatomy, but in some cases it worked against him. Like his women are well proportioned and beautiful, but there's something about the way Gil Kane drew breasts that just did not work for me. It was a little too anatomically uh, correct. Yeah, like yeah, like a little not, not like fan, too muscular. Yeah. Right, right, right. And and his women would always be lean. Like there wouldn't be an ounce of fat things. on them. Yeah. Oh no, too lean. Like he never drew him hippie like a Wally Wood or you know. He didn't have uh, enough badonkadonk. Well, because who is he going? Carol Ferris isn't isn't a hippie. That's right, folks. I just said badonkadonk. But nice. <laughs> not a lot of hyphens in that. But no, no, I'm not talking about Car- Carol Ferris. I mean, like, say, say Shauna the She Devil, or uh, you, you know, whenever he's doing uh, a heroically proportioned female, they always seem a little too like there's nothing to hold on to. There's no, there's all, it's all meat, no fat. Yeah, his. Which is, um, uh, yeah, I guess it's it's that, a that that a always, um, his heroes always look very much in action. Oh, when even when they're standing there, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Hal, Hal Jordan opening a letter is like as dynamic as fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Maybe that's what they were going for with this relaunch. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or paying a bill, or you know, paying the check at a restaurant. Yeah. No, he nice. wouldn't. No, no, that, that's what his girlfriend's for. Yeah. So, so I mean, um, sort of the Adam is like nineteen eighty three, eighty four. Around there, yeah. Um, when is um. When is Gil Kane at the at the top of his top of his game? All of it. All of it. <laughs> All of it. There's um. He was there for a while. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, it, it's um. Showcase twenty two, and 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 of course the first few years of of Green Lantern. Um, but then he he did the work at Marvel. He did some. Uh, he he did the X Men covers. He did yep. well. He, the giant size X Men cover. He, he inked. Um, Hell yeah! Uh, did a lot of covers for um, for Marvel. Um, he even did some covers for the reprints too, for the like where monsters dwell and creatures on the loose. And yeah, he did a lot of cover work. Let me. I'm grabbing the um, sort of the Adam trade. Hold on. You uh, have it right next to you. Yeah, it's on. It's at the top of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> what are you kidding? <laughs> Uh, it's like da- it's like David's Bible. It's right there next to the bed. I have I have, I have mine right now. Uh, <laughs> so 
I have uh, the the issues, so I don't. I wish I had the trade. I I well no, I I definitely have the issues. This is one thing where I didn't mind double dipping. Uh, yeah. Sword of the Atom one through four. Sword of the Atom uh, special the ones one through three because uh, they were also done by Pat Broderick. Uh, nineteen eighty three, eighty four, eighty five, and eighty eight. Yeah. Okay. What a hell of a run! It's another one of those things where there's not much of it, but goddamn, what's there is so sweet. Well, it was it was it was a mini. Those giant rats and the snake. Well, everybody was a giant dude. It was the Amazon rainforest. Well, as I'm saying, the rats and the, and the, and that big ass snake. And how many times have we seen Gil Kane draw a snake? Millions of times. But every time he does it, he seems to present it in a new way. Just. The, and the Gene Warren is a bitch in this. Oh God, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also well, worth uh, giving credit to Gil Kane. Uh, he was the. I think the original guy, uh, well, not the original, but he was one of the seminal guys on uh, All Star Western, which obviously we've DC has dusted off the title after a long, long time. So. Yeah, thank God. The yeah, no, you can't. Um, I, I love me some Gil Kane. The Sword of the Atom is just, it's fun. It's it's uh, they recently adapted it in uh, Batman: Brave and the Bold. Exactly, that's what made me think of it actually. And it's wait, it's wait, wait, what? Yeah. It was for the cartoon. The yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get the hell out of yeah. here! It wasn't. It wasn't a straight up adaptation because it included, of course, Batman, but it also had Aquaman and the Ryan Choi Adam. So, um, whoa, that sounds as, cool. As, it was as awesome. far as and and um, I don't think Demetrius wrote that one, but um, it uh, it definitely they they have to find Ray Palmer and and they go to the rainforest and and. You know, it's it's the whole it's the same aliens and and things like that. And and because wow. yeah, I was so. just going to suggest, if DC wanted another uh, title to, to throw into their DC animated features, yeah, Sword of the Atom would be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Because yeah, there, yeah. There, there's a few, there's definitely a couple stories to run with. But it was, um, I enjoyed. I think I, I yeah, I, I definitely bought that off the rack. Because mm-hmm. of of Gil Kane, um, but it wasn't. Uh, it it definitely helped um, me appreciate the Ray Palmer character more. But because um, before that, he was just always the Justice League sidekick. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. really much to the Adam. Hank Pym. He used to ride around on Hawkman. Yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> where's, where's Hawkman's shoulder? Well, it's underneath Adam. So I mean, that that's the only place you'd ever. <laughs> You know, see, so it's um, it's just, yeah, but but this, and then this also tied into, um, well, it it led into, um, I think, Power of the Atom, which was, uh, which was an ongoing that came out in in the in the nineties, where once he left the rainforest and and wanted to come back to civilization, things like that. So I mean, they 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 kind of played off of um, what what Stranded and um, and Kane did in the. Um, in this title, yeah. but no, you can't. I mean, it's it's definitely. I I think it, it's not. I wouldn't say it's up there as as far as required reading, like other things we've mentioned. But I mean, as far as something that that you might enjoy. I mean, oh, it's, it's a, if, I mean, I think it's a. It's it's definitely in the Adam, you know, one hundred and one. It's like if you want to read an Adam story. <laughs> how many how many Adam stories are there? It's the Evergreen Adam title. <laughs> I got a, yes. I got a little trivia for you, Vince. <laughs> okay. So Gil Kane's first credited work. Was Young Allies number eleven in nineteen forty four? My God! Uh, now he was one of the inkers on the book. The other inker was a gentleman by the name of Charles Nicholas. 
mean anything <laughs> to you? Charles Nicholas. What was the year? 1944. Uh, no. Charles Nicholas was a pseudonym of Jack Kirby in his very earliest days. Wow. Charles Nicholas, really? Yep. Mm -hmm. never, and Jack was inking? Yep. Wow. God yep. damn. Get your learn on, son. I uh, know. Where'd you find yeah, that? that? That would have been, what, what title was that? Uh, Young Allies. Young Allies. Oh. See, David, you said Pat Broderick. Yeah. And, and I, I've been eyeing something up to read for the show for months. I have it Firestorm? stacked. No, I have it stacked right over there. Captain Adam. Lords of the Ultra Realm. Oh. I love that damn book. But wow. talk about talk about a left field title to bring to the show. Lords of the Ultra Realm. Maybe I, I don't know. know one of these days. It's so pretty though. It but it, it it's crazy. It's a crazy friggin' book. You know, right. I, I love talking to you guys because it, it reminds me, unfortunately, it's going to be well before we're at a convention together, but I just, I need to thank God for show notes. So this way I know what to, what to look for to, to replenish my, my back issues. That's through. the best that thing. Whenever the, we're, that's what I miss about the, sh I haven't been at a show in a while with David. And seriously. I'll be honest, that's the best thing. When you're looking through the back issues with David, oh, He'll pull out something like from like oh troll lords, you know what I mean? And and you'll look at it and he'll say, Yeah, this one was inked by this, and you know yep. what he did on that? He did this. And then you're looking through the boxes and you find the thing he was talking about, and you're like, dude, I gotta buy this. And you can walk away from a back issue bin mm -hmm. that like a quarter bin with like hundreds of friggin' books because David was there with you. Yeah. The moment the moment at New York Comic Con of that was the uh same booth where Steve Raker got that awesome uh set of Kazar, oh, the Kazar. Uh, yeah prints. Um Roland, our buddy from Australia, was with us, and he's a young buck. So we this this place had was one of those places that had a lot of uh, bundles, you know, like you know series, sets. Yeah, yeah, complete sets. So David was doing his thing, going through, going ooh ooh ooh, yeah. And uh, he was just schooling Roland. He's like, "Oh, did you read this? You gotta read this. You gotta buy this. Just buy this, buy this, and read this." So you know what Roland? <laughs> yeah, it's cheap to ship back to fucking Australia. Hey, <laughs> Roland bought like twenty hardcovers while he was. I know. Gone. You know I what? He's into it. From that, from that, from that dealer, Roland left with the four issues—not the trade, but the four issues of Batman: The Cult. Yes, really, that's a great yes. series, Jim I, Starlin. Yes, I told uh, Bernie Wrightson. Bernie Wrightson. I was going to get there. I know, I know. I just got. Do you remember what I left there, that booth with, David? My um, issues are autographed, though. Oh shit! Uh, it wasn't. Oh, I know I put my things back. What What did you leave with? I bought another set of copies because I didn't feel like digging <laughs> mine out of X-Men and the Micronauts. That's hey, right. That's a great yes. series. That's Which good guys? stuff. Yep. You know what? Guys, I was Bob looking yep. We are so stream of consciousness tonight, it's ridiculous. I was looking through my, my little black book, which I always keep in my back pocket, detailing what issues I need from what runs, mm -hmm. and I'm missing like three issues of Micronauts. How did that happen? Oh, yeah, actually, we saw. That's the first thing that Jason, one of the first yeah. things Jason picked up, which Steve Raker um, reminded us all about, was that he did pick up a Micronauts run, but it was the New Voyages. That's right. still good, though. It, it was, yeah, but it, I don't think. I mean, if I, it's it's still good, but it's, it's not, not Michael Golden, right? And and and, yeah, and um, uh, oddly enough, the issues that I'm missing are Michael Golden issues. I'm missing like number six, number eight, and number nine, or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's like. I, how does that happen? How do I? Miss, how do you miss these things? 
But you, you know what was interesting rereading X Men and the Micronauts, Vince? Because oh, I don't think I read it since I got it off the, like when it came out. So it's been what twenty? Well, God, jeez, talk about yeah. it's, uh, eighty-four. So yeah, it's been almost twenty years. Pretty um, close to the first DC miniseries. Close to it. Or, no, twenty-five. Yeah, it's been. Oh my God, it's been. I can't even do my math. Oh my God, it's been. It's been more than twenty-five years. Good Lord, jeez, uh, we're getting old. Um, but. In rereading it, I thought it was funny because it just reminded me of how many times they've done the same thing with Xavier of like, ooh, Xavier's alter alter ego is id is going to be evil and do something. You know what I mean? Like, this predated Onslaught by 15 years, but it really was pretty much Onslaught in the microverse. Yep. That's why someone said to me today, hey, Vince, your boy's on Wolverine and the X-Men. And I said, who? And they said, Bacalo. I said, really? Yeah. Aren't you going to buy it? I said, you know what? No, I, I'm not going to buy it because how many permutations of the X-Men can I read? I'm, when, when you've read the, the books for like 20, 30, 40 years, not 40, but it's close. I, I Really? Is it going to make a difference if I read another beautifully drawn X-Men story? So I didn't buy it, but... And it made me a little well, sad that and, I didn't want I to buy it. I don't begrudge you for feeling that way, but let's remember that two years ago on the show, you swore you were done with DC forever, and you just spent last month gushing about characters. But they like did a Spine reboot, and, and Batman. So it's a, it's a it's a special it's a special well, this is te- uh, deal. In air quotes, this is this is an X Men reboot. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, it's one of those soft reboots. Um, I'm I'm going Killed them all the, off. Uh, the the I'm going through the the chest of drawers that I have next to the desk, and I am. While we're walking down memory lane, I'm flipping through JLA Year One by Wade and Augustine and Barry Kitson. I think um, Kitson's on that, yeah. And uh, that, so that that was the twelve issues that told you that the original seven were not the real original seven. But underneath that were Legends of the DC Universe number seven, eight, and nine. Nice Peacemakers by O'Neill, Land, and Giordano with with painted covers by Hugh Fleming. And underneath that was the complete run, since Jason brought up eBay, uh, was when I was on a priest kick, and I ordered the complete runs of Quantum and Woody, <laughs> Black Panther, and mm-hmm. The Ray. Saving the best Nice. I never read that last one. Never read The Ray. I, the I, Ray, will really? see, I loved, yeah. I loved the six-issue miniseries by Jack C. Harris and Cosada uh, and, and Palmiati. So... I read, I think, the first issue of The Ongoing, written by Priest and, and uh, Pencils by Howard Porter. And it was definitely a, a 90s-era comic, because even though the letters were by Ken Brusenak, it was, um, it just, it wasn't easy to take. So I kind of didn't, st- I, I enjoyed the mini, and, and this kind of washed the taste of, of the miniseries out of my mouth, sadly. So, um, what are you doing putting still- the comic book in your mouth? I still have to <laughs> enjoy it, dude. All the senses got to enjoy it. But um, I, 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 yeah, I think I won the complete run for like maybe ten bucks or something. So eventually, oh, I will nice. read all, however many issues of the Ray there was. But isn't um, the Ray coming back? Yeah, with Jamal Eigel doing the. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting oh, for that nice. because I mean, when when they first explained the this new Ray, because obviously the the old one was was a carryover from. Uh, from the wartime era with with Phantom Lady and and uh, and and that company's characters that DC bought, but um, so this new kid, they basically explain that he he can be 
pretty much the most powerful character in the DC universe if he was smart enough to. Like, he could create a gun, but in order for him to actually use it, he'd have to know all the components to make that gun and the insides and, and the hammer and, and everything like that. So if he doesn't know the... Um, he has light-based powers, of something. Right? He has what? Light-based powers? Um, like, can he make constructs out of light? Isn't that his whole thing? I, I want to say yes, but I... I I don't want to. I, it's it's weird. I, I it's weird. There's something else to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he can. Um, and the first issue to to tell you when it was it uh, it was the, the there was an appearance. Well, he was fighting Brimstone from Legends, but he uh, he was air quotes teaming up with uh, with the '90s era Tom Grummet drawn Superboy Ooh. with the leather jacket and and the funky haircut. There's a lot of homage to Kirby and Grummet's Superboy run. Oh yeah, because of double a F. lot. Already yeah. yeah, yeah. They even bring, um, I think it's Prince Tufton from Commandy into it. Oh wow! No shit, I'm not kidding. Yeah. For reals. For reals. Dude, you know what's great that you don't get in the trades and stuff is looking back at the issues, is mm-hmm. seeing the ads and stuff. It's the ads, dude. Yes, the best. The ads are the best. This eighty-three only in old comics. Yeah, yes. X Men: yeah. The Micronauts number one back page is the uh, pretty traditional, you know, subscription uh, page. You know, asking you to subscribe, but it's uh, it's it's special if you subscribe. It's sixteen issues instead of twelve for <laughs> six and a half dollars. Nice. <laughs> and 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 it's just and looking at the list of the comics that Marvel has been out of time is a hoot. You got Alpha Flight, big book at the time. Amazing Spider-Man, Avengers, okay, big books, Captain America. Then he got Conan. Then he got Kristar. Remember Kristar? Wow. That was great stuff. Yeah, Star- I like Kristar. Uh, Daredevil and Dazzler, okay, Defenders and Doctor Strange, got it. Fantastic Four, G.I. Joe, right? Incredible Hulk, okay. Indiana uh, Jones. What? Yep, I remember, I remember that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read that. The further, that was like, the further Adventures of Indiana Yeah, that was like the only one I didn't read of these. John uh, Iron Man, Marvel Tales, Marvel Team-Up, New Mutants. Peter Parker, Power Man, Iron Fist, Rom, Vince's plotting, Woot! Star Wars, The mm-hmm. Thing, Thor, and then probably the best one of the bunch, US One. There you yeah! go. Yeah. And then X Men, and then they have specials, which are the more expensive books, of which Kazar was one, Micronauts was one, That's Moon Knight, those King were the, Conan. I what think if, those are the King those are the direct Conan. books. Yeah. And then Marvel Fanfare was fourteen dollars at a time when everything else was six fifty. My God. Yep. So that was that predates Epic. Epic didn't come along till yeah, nineteen eighty three. I was yeah. gonna say eighty eight Epic's eighty six, right? Yeah. Is it that late? Wow. Eighty five, eighty six around there? I don't know. I'm just guessing. I'm not good with dates. But speaking of, of uh old ads, one of the reasons why I'm buying all these Bronze Age books is because not only for the stories and the added bonus that they're relatively inexpensive. Do you wanna win that Schwinn? I the the goddamn Mar- the the Marvel value stamps. Oh, I don't have them oh, all. Nice. I, I'm still buying those books to get the Marvel value stamps. So funny. And, and and a lot of times you'll find books where the damn stamps are cut out. It's like what the hell, you know? What used to piss me off with those ads were the cover of Uncanny X Men 137 with that big ass fucking Toys R Us banner ad. Oh, I know, I know. Um, yeah. Then there were the ads for uh, for the Clark bars, where when you when you got to the middle of the book, you had all the Marvel heroes are on the DC side, all the DC heroes telling you what you could win. Um, but also the Saturday morning cartoon lineups, 
the double yeah. page ads for those. I mean, nothing, yeah, no, old, nothing old beats books. the in-house Marvel ads from the seventies. They are the absolute best ads. Are they? The, I swear it's the work of, of Gaspar Saladino because remember when they would do half page ads for like Savage See, Sword of Conan? That's what I was just gonna say. DC used to kill me with that because you get to the end of the Green Lantern story and it, and it ends the top two panels on the top right. half of the page and then the bottom yeah. half is pick Superman on sale this week. Marvel sure. never did that. They put the half page ads in with like you know they're either their classified ads or other they would actually sell half page ads to someone else. Right. And, uh, no, those, the, the, especially for the Marvel horror books, they, every one of them sold me. I, I would just have to see the ads with all that drippy horror monster type on it. And like, next, Marvel's new haunt of horror. I would be at the newsstand looking for that thing as soon as I saw that ad. I would just say, Dad, take me to the newsstand. I gotta get this. And of course, by the time I saw it, it would be like two months late, but whatever. Yes. I'd go home with some comics anyway. But those Marvel ads from the time are, they're, they're just amazing. Yeah. I love ads. I do. I mean, yeah, like like, Fl- there, like Chris said, with the it's got to be you know nowadays you get you get ads for the fucking Dodge Charger and and whatever you know console You're right. it's out. But the old days, man, with 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 the cartoons or got to get a grit or or just Toys R Us or the uh-huh. the uh, the yellow paged. Um, I don't was it Mile High? Who had the um the the, the two pages that that listed all the old back issues? Mile High had a lot, yeah. They had and, big and, but then, but then in the nineties, you had like American Entertainment and all their. Oh man, days. yeah. Remember when they were selling books in bulk? You yeah, by ten issues of of Rye Number One. Oh <laughs> 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 Remember God. the Olympic the Olympic prizes and cash pages? You could uh-huh. get the, you had to sell. It was like the uh, the the like almost like the um, the multi level marketing. You had to sell things and then you could redeem. And it was like it had all the pictures. It was like yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. I want that, I want that toaster. Toaster's, toaster's mine. mine. I'm just trying, I'm, I'm looking at one right now, seeing what the most expensive right. item on the page is. Yeah, that's right, because the Olympic ads had uh, they they tried to tie it into the comic books where you had that 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 costume hero at the in the bottom corner talking to the kids. About He's these awesome. Ones. Yeah, with the big O. So yeah. here you go, a Commodore home computer. You had to sell 110 items. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had one. Oh, you, oh I had a Commodore awesome. 64. Yeah. I also, I also sold grit, but I told you, I told you that before. I used to play the shit out of Jumpman Jr. on the Commodore 64. The shit, yeah, shit. Oh, hey, you shit. know what? You know what? We're, at We're at 149. Bro, you're on the I'm crackling, crackling. Yeah. Good, good. That's very good. Bitches. I'm going to keep going through this drawer. That's what I'm going to do next week. I'm just going to go through this drawer and point out shit that I have. Yeah. I will say... um He liked it. I will, I will say this: uh, this X Men and the Micronauts, it was good, but the coloring hurt me. Like when I was reading it back in the day, I didn't really know any better. But mm-hmm. it's muddy. It's muddy oh. now. Yeah, because it's you all know. about the paper. Different color process. Yeah, but uh, look good, man. Butch Geist is doing his thing, though. Oh yeah, definitely. I could dig it. And the the New Mutants were up in there. Yep. It was when uh, it was when Danny was known as Spellbinder. Ooh, even, even more rare. It was when uh, it was who anyone remember what Kitty's name was back then? Sprite. If it wasn't Sprite or Sprite. Ariel. 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 Yeah. Ariel. Okay. Yeah. It was what? Ariel. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. that? <laughs> it was sort of like the uh, precursor to the uh, Lindsay Lohan movie Double Trouble. Boy, I saw a picture of her 
the other day. She looks fucking run hard. Not she she just got a million bucks from Playboy to show off her. I still region. do it. Who wants to see that thing? Nah, dude, Apparently, seriously. a lot of people if they're paying her a million bucks. I would. No, Playboy's paying a million bucks. We'll see how many people buy the issue, but it's it that's not yet. Yeah, that's it's not a good look. No, I don't. I don't I guess. I Skeletor in a book. I ain't picky like you she guys. Peaked, she peaked it, sixteen, which is not never a good thing. She what? She peaked at like teenage years, which is never yeah. a good thing. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, the partying hasn't helped. It's just, no, no. there's, yeah. Her and so. Tara Reed are like. Yeah. Yeah. They went the Olsen twins route. It wasn't, not, not pretty. You see, there's a new Olsen twin, like a new Olsen kid. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there's, a, there's a new Olsen twin. <laughs> yeah. I almost said Olsen twin. That would be awesome. If there was a wow. That, that was stuck in the JJ for decades. <laughs> Wait, so it was, so, so it was, was actually it? a troll that someone left on top of their, their pencil. Yeah. So you That's had Mary awesome. Kate Ashley, who was Alex and 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 Scott. So this, so the third one is what Mutant X or or I mean, who was who's the third yeah. Summers? Legion. What? No. Oh, what? Vulcan. No Vulcan. Oh, Vulcan. yeah, Vulcan. Yeah. I want to say Legion. Vulcan. Legion is Professor X's son. So there's a third Olsen sister. Yeah. Wow. Don't be bagging on them. They made a lot of money. Spent a lot of money on Blow too. You guys are so harsh. Honest to God. <laughs> okay, Mr. Anatomically. Seriously. What am I, Mr. What? Anatomically correct, so the titties ain't happening for me. No, they're, they're, they look like missiles. They're too pointy. And like the, the nipple was like a cap on a bottle. It just did not look, I don't know. I've never seen a go okay in pointy titty. They're all rounded. No, nah, no. Nah, I've seen pointy ones. Like, right. like yeah. All right, like yeah, like yeah. It's, <laughs> how about that for a rebuttal? Like, that was eloquent. Like yeah, hey, blame it on the hurricane. Yeah, you're. <sighs> did you see? Did you see the, the slam dunk episode yet, dude? So I've watched it three times, dude. They fucking white zombie uh, while they're oh playing. Oh my ball. god, forget it, dude. It was awesome. That car comes down from out of the sky. Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it yet. Oh my <laughs> lordy, McGordy. Forget it. And then they're all the rainbow colors and they're shooting out into the, into the universe. Oh, oh my God. It was, like, was like three weeks ago. Eileen already made my sight for me. It's all good. <laughs> I would pay an inordinate amount of money to my wife if, if I could get her to dress as Margaret. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying, but I'm saying. get a up on her ass as she's riding her bike away from Mordecai. I know. I know. Oh, Mordecai, it comes up short in the end. <laughs> you know what? I was looking over the pictures from New York Comic Con, and uh, the the one uh, poster said uh, the one po uh, point in the show where we wish Vince was with us, and you're throwing the finger. Yes, he is. To, to, <laughs> J to Jake, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, man, that was funny. Yeah, that's real funny. All right, hey, we got some of your Japanese shit. No, it's not that's some Adventure Time stuff. Adventure Time. No. Yeah, I don't watch it. By the way, Vince, did you know that uh, the the um, one of my big regrets of the New York Comic Con is that I wasn't there on Sunday when the uh, regular show well, and Adventure Time actually were there. Um, and uh, was Jesse Monahan there? There was who was Jesse Monahan forming the character designer uh, from Oh, maybe Adventure I Time. I know, like, he may have been. I don't. I don't know the Adventure Time crew, but but uh, J G Quintel, the creator of uh, of um, regular show. Regular show and the voice of of uh, Mordecai was uh, was was there obviously, and I was watching some YouTube of the inter YouTube of the interview, and it's baffling because his like 
Mordecai is not a voice that he does. It's his Hitler? voice. Oh, really? That's like Seth MacFarlane and, and Brian. On exactly. Family. And it's That's weird exactly. because he's answering the questions and it's effing Mordecai. And I'm like, I, dude, <laughs> hanging out with this guy would be the absolute thrill of a lifetime. Because Good shit. He's just Mordecai. Yeah. And he was saying like all the things they do like, hmm, 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 and yeah, yeah, or just stuff that him and his buddies did in college. Like they just did that stuff in college to make each other laugh. Oh shit! <laughs> it's awesome. to be a silent. Oh, worst, worst, worst episode ever. <laughs> hey, Dude, why that's why? Like, on, for what reason that's funny to me? I can't explain to anyone. Like, they're like, no, oh, it's, it's on like a so effing funny. I yeah. can't deal with it. Yeah. It's almost like an instinctual level. It does, you don't know why it's funny, but you have to laugh. Oh, it's unbelievable! It's, it's like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> We're done. It's 11 o'clock comics. What was that about? <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by who? DCBS. Oh, discount DCBS. Comic Book Service. DCBSService.com where you can get your comics at far below cover price. It's disgusting how much discount you can get from these people. 35 to 75% off. Nicely bundled, shipped to your home, delivered by a custom, costumed custodian of the United Parcel Service. You don't even have to leave. You can stay in your underwear all the time and get your books. How's that? Let's talk about this week. He didn't. Oh, man. What, is he gone? What? There he no. is. What? Did you what? Talk about no. this week? What did I talk about this week? Yeah. Let me oh, look at the uh, notes. The Wedgens, the DC Universe. That's it. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. He's writing show notes. Sorry, Marta wants to talk to me. Oh, okay. What's up, baby? You go. What? Um, and in your travels, do yourself a huge favor in addition to the Someday Funnies because you really need to buy that from Abrams Comic Arts. You could say it's a little something, something. That's right. Finally published after four decades. Do yourself a huge favor. Get in on the absolute best of the new 52, and that is All-Star Western. You, you are absolute yes. best. It's been two issues. It is. Well, in two issues, it makes all the other... Comics from DC look like poop, with the exception uh, exception of uh, Snyder's Batman. Yeah, oh. right. we got Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, Moritat, and in this issue, which is number two, I'm holding it right in my hand. It's Jordy Bernay. So yes. I wasn't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of. I, I we can get into it later. I don't know how I feel about the the first part of this backup story yet. Hmm. It's pretty. <laughs> it is pretty. It is. it is, and yeah. uh, no, it's just really exceptionally well done comics. Don't let the the genre throw you. You may not be a fan of no. westerns. Who cares? Let these yeah. stories sink in. They're just really well written, well drawn, just great stories, regardless of genre. The Get it? All star western. It's just the, the the western aspect is just that, that's the setting. I mean, it is it's right a story that can be told any time. So just, just don't just call um, uh, Jonah Hex an anti hero because I, I won't like that. Because that—that's what Punisher's about. Oh, he's not an. I mean that new, the new hard-nosed Punisher detective that we're going to see on TV. Just Jonah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and you should be reading it, All Star Western. Yeah, I am reading it. Oh, yeah. you're not talking. Not you. When I say you, I'm talking to the people at home, <laughs> listening, <laughs> you the or at work. Right. Yeah. Your turn, Chris. Um, this is um uh, not a comic to read, but a website about a comic to check out. <laughs> Excuse me. I got um, I got an email from Carl Potts today. It made me very excited. And um, he, hold on, I got a cough. I'm gonna mute. What was that bell? Did I hear a bell? Yes. Who, who's downloading? <coughs> yeah, it was me. Running transmission. 
Yep, exactly. Regular <laughs> regular show. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you download a regular show? Yeah, I just want to take a look at the Slam Dunk episode. Nice. Figure out what you hosers are talking about. Um, but I got uh, I got an email from from Carl Potts today, who wanted uh, me to pass along that they have a revamped Alien Legion website. So you can go to AlienLegion.com, and it's got um, uh, all new updated character bios and um, uh, issue-by-issue synopses and full covers and information about the new upcoming miniseries from from Dark Horse. Really? Yeah. Um, Chuck Dixon writing, um, Larry Stroman and uh, and, um, Carl Potts on art. Did you say Larry Stroman? Stop it. Uh, so Larry Stroman. Well, if anybody can draw aliens, it's it's Larry Stroman. I was gonna say, just just don't tell just him they're aliens. Tell him he needs to draw humans. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be all set. That's but, foul, you know, dude. Legion has a, a very kick-ass website if you're interested in the series at all, and um, so check it out. Is there any mention of Frank Sirocco? Oh, sure. No, I mean on the new series. No, 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 nothing. Um, what it was, there's um, the only stuff on the new series that I found is in the gallery section. It's got some preview pages for um, um, for the the mini, which it looks like it may have been um, in process for a while. Hmm. So it's um, and it is. Yeah, it's the limited series in prod or in progress. Uh, script by Chuck Dixon, um, pencils by Larry Stroman, inks by Carl Potts, colors by Thomas Mason. So, nice. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. And actually, it looks it looks pretty cool. The uh, uh, the preview art that I've that I've seen it, it looks pretty sweet. So, Sailing Legion. You gotta buy it. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, do you know who designed the uh, Alien Legion logo? Oh, I think you told us this already. Shit. Um, he was mentioned earlier in the show. Gaspar Saladino. No. Um, no. How earlier in the show was he mentioned? Gil Kane. No, before that. <laughs> oh, probably during, during Vince's 129. Herb Trimpey. I don't know. Walter Simonson. Hey, the way. go Walt. Wow. <clears throat> I can dig it. Very cool. Um, I, I'm not name dropping any emails that I got this yeah, week, so yeah. I'll just, um, I will recommend. I was excited. I was just like, Carl Potts emailed me. Carl Potts emailed cool. me. I would be too. Oh, oh, maybe I'll, I'll look for a Tony Fleece email. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll reference that. Uh, in your travels, oh, check out um, Orchid from Dark Horse. Yeah, keep, I keep hearing stuff about that. Uh, yes, first issue's a buck, dude. Um, this is uh, first yep. issue's a buck. Oh, this is a story by Tom Morello, art by Scott Hepburn, and uh, colors by Dan Jackson. Letters by Nate Picos, aka Blambot. Uh, it's a future tale when the sea rose, genetic codes were smashed, human settlements are ringed by the wild from which ferocious new animal species prey on the helpless. So basically, the rich and powerful are up on high, 
and uh, the lower class is down below in the swamps. Land of the dead towns. all over again. But uh, there's this hood that can grant the the uh, the one person who's able to wear the hood <laughs> special powers, and if you do, if if you aren't this chosen person, and the hood is is put over your head, then um, you kind of just it looks like your body you just basically turn into a puddle it looks like but i i thought of um i thought about what jason was talking about earlier when he was referencing mage the hero defined and how um being creator owned and 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 how the book would look and and it, some of this reminds me of of some of the work we got during the first month of the new 52 uh it's it's solid everything moves along i like the art uh the 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 story's pretty interesting. I, I like the um I like the characters that well, for the most part, I like most of the characters we've we've um uh we've been introduced to in the first issue. They uh you'll probably like the book Vince because there is some prostitution going on. You do get to see um in the pick. background of one of the panels, uh some some dude standing up getting head. Nice. Uh, That's the best the way to get it. You, you see the back of the <laughs> prostitute's head. So I, mean, uh-huh. and, and I love that. That is the best. Um, but it's it's a uh, and and their slavery runs rampant. Uh, people are property and and uh, this 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 one actually the prostitute has to I guess have their arm stamped or tattooed or or branded with the uh, the phrase "Know your role." Jabroni. Uh, uh, so um it's it's weird. I'm going to I'm I'm gonna check out the second issue because You said I, this is a mini? I don't know if it's a mini. Actually what did, was there something on the cover? Uh no, it just says number one on the cover. Uh, Sounds cool. In the back in the back of the letters page it said um that Tom Morello just writes that oh no no, sorry, uh Sierra Han, the editor, says that uh this is the letter column for Orchid, the new Dark Horse series by Tom Morello and, and nice. Scott Berg. So, yeah, nice. the, the the cover by um oh crap it it's the, the cover looks familiar. The cover art was by um, Massimo Carnavale. No kidding. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty rad looking cover. But it's it's uh I'm I'm yeah I don't know it's it's the you know, end of the world type stuff post apocalyptic people you know the the, <sighs> the rich and powerful. Get, get what they want and and everybody else lives in poverty and and uh and we'll just i'm i'm want to see where the where we go with with the powers from this hood and things like that right now this is basically just getting the band together and and meeting everybody but it it's looks like a pretty cool story is it is the uh name of the arc uh, called where my hood at <laughs> <laughs> i wish toots, the villain there's toots in it how uh, could you go wrong with toots nice well, if you feel like uh, something a little spicy, a little caliente, then I would uh, commend your attention, hit the shelves today, uh, the first of nine archival editions. I'm talking about Dark Horse's Manara Library, Volume 1, collecting oh the works of the unbelievably talented and pr- purveyor of sexy time, Milo Manara. Mm. So uh, this uh, this first one is um, Indian Summer, uh, the Paper Man, and some other little shorts. But um, for those that don't know Minara, um, he he's he, he draws women as beautifully as any 
comic book illustrators ever drawn women. Uh, they're just unreal. Um, and and as Vince was alluding earlier, how sometimes he wishes certain comics, aka Danger Girl, uh, showed more than they hinted. Well, Minara is all about the showing. <laughs> He's <laughs> about the hinting. So click. Um, you know his uh-huh. stuff is widely acclaimed. A lot of it's uh, some of it's actually hard to find translated, but. Um, this is, uh, I haven't seen the hardcover yet, um, but I have read, I have read all the contents, uh, in other forms, but, but this, uh, all of these books are, are um, supposedly, uh, retranslated, um, by Kelly Thompson. So they should be quite good, you know, and, uh, and, you know, the one thing that Dark Horse always does a great job in is with these lines, number one, you know, they'll all come out. Number two, you know, they're going to look great on your shelf together, you know, all with the same trade dress and stuff. Yeah. So um, it's a big investment. You know, Dark Horse hardcovers are not inexpensive. I think it's uh, 60 to 59.99 cover price. So, you know, they're they're certainly not bargains, um, but uh, but I'll definitely be picking them up because I That's love That's what Amazon's so. for, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the one thing that kind of bugs me a little bit about Dark Horse. Yes, I love that they do the archival editions, but do we really need to pay 50 bucks a volume for Turok, Son of Stone? Yeah, that's it's true. But yeah, I guess that's I would why be they're... on those in a second if they were like 29. Yeah. That's why they're always, I think, so readily available at places like T-Fall. You know? yeah. It seems like there's a lot of remaindered copies. So, Dr. Spectre. I would love to have those, but I really don't want to pay 50 bucks a volume for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, big downer. What about Walking oh, Dead? Uh, let's let's bring Speaking it up a little bit. Downer. No, um, I thought the episode well, number two was better than the first one. It, it, well, it was better than the last. Yeah, it was better of yeah. the first episode. Um, basically, as long as they weren't in the woods looking for this little girl, I, I found it to be a more enjoyable episode. Um, I didn't mind the the part with the boy. I mean, it was hard to watch having oh, kids yeah. of my own, but uh, I couldn't call it entertaining because it was very. It, it actually pained me to see that kid squirming under the, you know, when oh, the, yeah, without when, the what's his name? Man. Yeah, but as as a a drama, a dramatization of events, yeah, I thought it was great. And we came back from commercial, and I thought maybe the doctor or the vet was uh, actually able to get to the last of the fragments out. But he's like, no, no, that was just one. I was like, damn, all right, so yeah, uh, game on. And I was I was really glad. I was thankful that uh, that T dog got to remind us why we don't need to really root for him. Oh, uh, are we? Sorry, I had to, our furnace is not working, so I had oh, to leave for a second. Um, we talking Walking Dead now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, um, I had a couple Walking Dead thoughts. Um, the TV show I will continue to watch just because it's The Walking Dead on TV, and I look forward to it. Um, it's it's not the TV show that I look forward to the most right now mm-hmm. um and i think i'm done with the comic series i think i've wow I think, yeah what? i think I, I think i'm okay Shit. Wow. wait a minute wait you oh. mean as in stop reading it yeah i just read wow. issue 90 today oh, and i'm just like yeah you know what that's yeah i think i'm good who are you <laughs> wow what have you done with chris neesman it's big no, news it's, it's, <laughs> that is big news that's, no, that, that's i mean it's, it's talking about burying the lead it's it's, <laughs> it's ninety issues, and they've they've come to a point with a lot of the characters that I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm yeah, I'm done. I, wow. I, I think that you know, since you're making those big proclamations, I will say that the people that opted to bounce from fables after 
the uh, yeah. money and the they probably weren't wrong. Oh, uh, what? Really? Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> it's not that I'm not enjoying it, but I, I, I definitely feel though like it's it's like a second volume story. You know oh, I mean? okay. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's. So I'm still reading that. I'm not like I'm not giving it up. I'm going to continue to read fables, but I do think that a lot of people walked away at the end of of the first big run, and I, I think that would have been a fine time to have done so if you because mm-hmm. that that to me that story is the greatness of fables. I don't know that anything that's come after it has been uh, of that same caliber. Now, second tier fables is still better than a lot of other comics I buy, but you know if you just wanted to. So I, I could see maybe Chris is at that point with Walking Dead. You know, maybe that's yeah. It's well, I, I guess kind of what what I really kind of say is maybe not to stop reading it, but it used to be a a book that I had to get in single issues and read every month, and I think I'm kind of over that now, um, to where I might you know I can probably go six months without reading. Um, walking Dead. It's it's gotten to that point that it's it's in a valley of kind of really slow storytelling right now, and you know the cliffhangers in every issue aren't really much of uh, of a cliffhanger. Um, you know what the last one, mild spoilers, was a cliffhanger of two people mm-hmm. kissing, and I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. fucking thrilling. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's yeah it just it doesn't have the immediacy that that it did. But you know what? For a series that's gone like ninety issues, that's that's okay. You know, so I'll probably just start picking it up and in trade and yeah. uh, and read. This is right about the there. same length of time that you you lasted with Fathom, and then you gave it up. So hey, <laughs> talking bad about Fathom. I really the what I've the never first issue. I'm only kidding. The, uh. I like the concept of Fathom. It's uh, it was uh, it was better than the the most uh, Aquaman or Namor books. I was going to say it's pretty, pretty much hot Aquaman, right? Hot female <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and probably better than than any Aquaman story that I had read up to that point. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the TV show is a weird thing. What's fascinating to me on the TV show is that David's sticking with it, even though he. He's oh really yeah, yeah, yeah. Fan at all? You know right. what I mean? Like, cause the, the rest of us are for good or for bad judging it against the book, right? Mm-hmm. In all the way, it's just it's it's impossible to watch it and not compare it at least in some way to what it is or is not like the book. Not to say that yeah. you shouldn't enjoy it for what it is, and it's uh, but I, I certainly can't help but think, oh, that's not what happened in the book, or oh, this is what happened <laughs> in the book. So with you, you don't have that going on. So no, Who yeah, no, and I, I just I. I know that uh, you haven't read up to that point in the book. I he hasn't read it all. I'm not reading the book. I, I read the first trade, maybe the first two trades. I'm not a fan of the book. Oh, okay. So I'm just I'm just strictly watching the show for for probably for a couple reasons. One, because I I like Andrew Lincoln. I like um I like some of the actors on the show. Um, I like having something that I can watch and enjoy based on. A series that you guys enjoy to read, um, but it's it's um, it's just there's really not much on that I can enjoy on TV right now. So it's also just something else that that fills that void. But it's um, I I like watching the show and then finding out from you guys what happened or how it strays from the book and and just enjoying it on its own. 
as its own entity without knowing, you know, where it strays and, and just taking it from there. But I mean, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I mean, there are times where I like reading the thread where people are talking about, they're talking about the episode, but then somebody will throw in where like, well, you know, don't, don't get too used to so-and-so if they decide to follow the book, then this person, you know, is, and it's, whereas I'm just, you know, just, there to to watch the show, so it's it's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's kind of been the the cycle that the the that the um, the book has gone through is is introduce a lot of characters, then thin the herd, then introduce a lot of characters, then thin the herd, and it, it, it'll go kind of on and on with that. Um, and I guess the TV show's done that a little bit. I mean, they just they just introduced a lot of characters, so I figured there's a big ass kicking coming real soon. Mm-hmm. I you know, like Laurie Holden. Yes, I know. <clears throat> it's. I mean, I I think this season so far with the two episodes we've seen, Jason and I seem to be well, especially with the first episode of this season, we're 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 of like mind, and and again, it's like it's it's. I think it's neat that whether a good television show or a bad television show is going to stand on its own regardless, but, um, you know, I don't need, I don't need to know the source material to find out whether or not this was still entertaining. And, and, and if it's, if yeah, it's it first, it stands on its own. Right. Yeah. So if, if it's, you know, if we enjoyed the first 20 minutes of, of the first episode, you know, th- then we're all, on the same page, but then we can definitely see where, where it started to stray once, um, after the first commercial break this week wasn't, wasn't as, um, wasn't as bad to sit through. I thought I, I definitely, I, I thought I enjoyed the end with the cliffhanger. I, you know, I didn't, I liked the Otis character. Um, I like Dara. I, I felt, I felt bad for the, for the Otis character. Um, I, yeah, Merle's brother is Daryl, right? Yeah, yeah. I I really really like Daryl. Yeah, um, because he's like, get up off your asses and shut up with the and with the praying and, shit, and, and let's go find the girl. That's it. Yeah, you know, enough yeah, to, that's to, right. You know, why am Do I the it. only one who's Zen? But you know, and and again, here he is. He's he's um, you know, he saved shit for brains twice, at least twice. <laughs> you just love T Dog. Who shit oh, for? Oh, T Dog. Yeah, T Dog. Oh. And 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 again, like like this week, he goes ahead and he reminds us why we really don't have to root for him. It's, it's well, like, he was delirious. He's in pain. I don't, I don't care. I, he's you still, do, he's should still care. Oh, and I have. And, uh, speaking, uh, he's, uh, he's dropped the key. He's dropped the guns. He's he <laughs> cut himself just walking across the goddamn parking <laughs> he, he lot. Dropped it's like, the hey, really? He's uncoordinated. You know. <laughs> he's, give, the, give the brother some slack, man. <laughs> Zombie taking over the why, world. Why so trip over that? <laughs> oh, What's he dog? TV shows and 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 um, I finally got to the episode uh, about Dutch that you're talking about in the Shield. Uh, I will talk with you about it. Um, okay. Off-line. Okay. Some thoughts on that. Okay. I'm knee deep in the Shield right now and yeah. loving everything of it. So stay current. But, uh, no, I, I I like the Walking Dead episode. I thought it was uh, I thought it was good. I love the. Uh yeah, I love the the scene with she, with Shane and and Otis getting the the medical supplies. Yes, uh, was pretty was pretty sweet. So yeah, it was good. As far as zombie TV goes, it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they um, I I know that obviously the the, the show started 
last week. So I mean, it it's didn't AMC used to have like like Fear Month or Gore Month or wasn't it all through October? I mean, this month it just seems to start because The Walking Dead started on the yeah, 6th. Yeah, I think you're they right. They the used month. to do the whole damn month, didn't That's they? That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been, I've been I mean, watching. Just, what? Go ahead. No, they have that other station now, Chiller, right? Which is... Oh, for crying out loud. Just a horror station, though. That's like you were saying Clue. I lo- what? Yeah, I like Clue and Chiller. What's wrong? Well, I don't. I don't. I don't think I get either. But no, I don't get like either. Either said it's, it's, it's a like said where it's 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 one of those things where instead of just doing what what you've been doing now, we're just going to make a whole other station just on on this one particular genre. Clue, or, Clue, or cap. Clue used it's to almost be like smooth. comic books, huh? Well, Clue yeah. used to be sleuth, really. Clue, yeah, Clue used to be sleuth. Wow. Okay. And um, um, so sure. that's that's where you'll get your uh, your monk marathon. Yeah. And um, and then with oh Chiller, what I like about Chiller is uh, you can find the old uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, TV show and oh, nice uh, and the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, all the, Elm Street. That was good yeah. shit. All all the really bad um, uh, TV shows from like what that would have been like mid eighties. Or so. Tales of the Dark Side. Uh, Tales from the Tales Monsters. Of the Dark, awesome. Yeah. Tunnel. tunnel yeah, tunnel. Chiller's got. They showed. Uh, they're showing Harper's Island, I think, which was um, all kinds of crazy Masters of Horror, which you like, Vince. That. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep stuff. seeing if they got that Argento episode. Now that you told me that it exists, Night <laughs> Stalker. So. Yeah, I've been watching horror movies uh, pretty much uh, every night. Well, uh, on not the nights we record, obviously, but for the whole month, I've been just cramming in horror movies. Mm-hmm. It's the month to do it. I love the fall. I love Halloween, and this is just oh. prime horror time. Maybe that's why that's Walking Dead is is not uh, rubbing me the wrong way because uh, I should be watching it this month. This is the time. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll see how it goes, and uh, as we get past Thanksgiving and everything. Yeah, they stay at the farmhouse too long though, and I'll be tuning out. I don't think they will. I mean, yeah, I know. I, know. I figure that that that's got a good two episode. Yeah. To Please, it. at this pace, they'll be at the farmhouse till season four. <laughs> no, no, spoilers, um, spoilers. So, David, you might want to turn your. I don't think David's in any rush to read any more of the book. Spoiler yeah, for he doesn't care. Yeah, well, I wonder if Herschel has his uh, has his dead relatives uh, in the in the the barn. Yeah, of course he will. Yeah, I was I was wondering that myself. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait I to know. see it. Maggie's pretty good looking though. I don't think yeah, I yeah, you're not yeah, kidding. You know, I'm yeah. seeing some of that. Do they show nudity on AMC? <laughs> like, uh, they, I know they. I think they. they, they what? They they showed a little bit of nudity on the first maybe two episodes of Breaking Bad, but I haven't seen it in in any sense. Well, like but, male at man ass or no boob? They showed boob really? in Breaking Bad. Yeah. First episode when, uh, yeah, they on did. On MC or, or, or on the DVD? Well, it, it's on the DVD. I don't know if it was uh, actually on, because I don't watch TV. I, I, like Chris mentioned Monk. Why would you watch Monk on TV? You could buy entire seasons of Monk for like 10 bucks. Before. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tony Shalhoub. I miss, I He's miss great. Yeah. Monk was good stuff. As All right. That's another show I never it critically school. acclaimed, but I, I just yeah. never vibe with that show. Yeah. He annoyed the hell out of me. Really? Mark, that's from Marta loves that show. And it's Tom Cater. Yeah, I, I just every minus. time I watched it two or three times because mainly it would be because my uh, my in laws love that show, and so if they were like staying with us, they would put it on, and I'd be in there, and I'd be like, I just want to punch this guy in the face. <laughs> in the face. <laughs> You'd be like the most annoying person ever to be around. I, I would just 
driving nuts. Get issues, Jason. <laughs> Jason has yeah. issues. Oh, meet Mr. Pot. Meets Mr. Kettle. <laughs> hey, we're done. We um, are yeah, yeah, we're we're way done. Thank you I, for being here with us. Nightfall. You need nightfall. Yeah, you need a nice big comfy pillow. And yeah. Go go seepy. My my wife is mad at me because the furnace isn't working. Why is she mad at you? Fuck if I know. It's not working. Because Women. she's my wife and I'm the husband, and when things break, it's my fault, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the I way it works. Fucking furnace, I guess. So. Hey, every pilot light's probably out. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for being here with us, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, sorry about all the TV talk towards the end, but it wasn't really the end. Oh, that no. TV talk was, was the bonus. That's bonus that time. Bonus. That's and it's, right. And it's People TV love talk, bonus time. TV talk about a show based on a comic book. So. We're still recording? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> everybody knows about your furnace. That's, that's why I was... I was expect my... like, like 30 tweets tomorrow. <laughs> really? Check the pilot light. If that's not working, check the electrical uh, connections to the pilot light. No? Call this guy. Uh, you have gas, guy. right? Yeah, anybody got a guy? Yeah, call my guy. I got guy. a guy. In Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. You're All the right. guy? I'm the guy. All right. Yep. All right. See ya. Bye. Later. Sorry. We all love you. Chris loves you so much, he just doesn't want to say because he's shy. I got a guy for a lot of stuff. I don't get a furnace guy, though. No furnace guy? No in the Windy City, you want a furnace guy? No. I'll find a furnace guy. I heard some children playing in the house across the way. The girls and the boys looked up from their toys When they heard a girlie say My pussy belongs to daddy It's his exclusively My pussy belongs to daddy so let my pussy be You can play with my games and my dolly You can ride on my kitty car too You can play with my dog and my polly But one thing's forbidden to you my pussy belongs to daddy He means the world to me So please don't offend my daddy And let my pussy cat be And let my pussy Cat B.